So that was tonight's episode of Fanging Around. Thanks for listening. <laughs> now it can get real nasty. Shit yeah. just got real. Fred walked in. All right, let's check this cable and see where it links. Mike, to. check. Mike, check. Okay, hello and welcome to Fanger Ran. Uh, episode 20, recording on the 23rd of July 2012. Is it the 23rd? I wrote that down. Long I think time it's ago. the 23rd. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You might notice this podcast is going to sound a lot different to anything else. Hopefully, not as bad as last week's with the wearing fan. No snacks, though. We've only got cups of water, so. Not How can even we stuff fizzy, that up? Not even burping. <laughs> Uh, no. Nothing. What's going on? Uh, yeah, because uh, Campbell and Fred are back in Leaderville at Jimmerish Family Headquarters, and I am in the middle of nowhere on the Nullarbor Plain, uh, which is like the world's biggest piece of limestone, and uh, no trees grow on it. And Nullarbor is Aboriginal for no trees, is that right? I believe it's Latin for no trees, James. Is it? Oh, okay. Well, there we go. I thought it was like a... Nulla meaning no. null. Indigenous word. Boar, as in ar- arborist. Oh, okay. I just made that up. Yeah, um, the Nullarbor Roadhouse. Sounds more Latin. This, it is Latin, it's not Aboriginal. I found one of the very few cell towers in uh, 1,000 kilometres either way, and uh, I'm using it to broadcast live. Pretty excited. What, Pretty sort, of, what sort of bit rate are you getting? Can you describe your surroundings? Because I can describe these ones. It's full of cardboard I'm boxes. I'm sitting in a car. I'm sitting in a car with the engine on, which is powering my laptop. Um, so you've got a V8-powered laptop at the At moment. the front of a motel. <laughs> so just the usual stalking gear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Uh, uh, and I've just come from dinner. I had... Uh, surf and turf? I, well, I was going to get the surf and turf, but it was $40. Oh, I think I ship it to the middle of nowhere. So I got a lasagna, which was $20, half price. Or half the price of uh, Yeah, I was going to say, a $40 uh, lasagna would be pretty amazing. Yeah. So what uh, was, what was sorry, what was the surf portion of the surf and turf? Did I you ask? They, I didn't ask. Are it might have been Marin or something. Are you... Well, I doubt it. Because when we went up north, the objectives were chica rolls and skimpies. How are you okay, going, how are you going on those two Chico fronts? I've Chico roll so far, and uh, I was, like, I'd already eaten, so I was not going to get it. Oh, you didn't pocket um, it for later? <laughs> no. That's the thing about <laughs> I Chico thought, rolls. I thought about that. I thought about that. But I'm disappointed I haven't got a Chico roll yet. They're like a savoury Twinkie. They last forever. <laughs> yeah. And skimpies? No, Do they have them out but there? but there's lots of signs saying, look out for the Nullarbor Nymph. Have you heard about the Nullarbor Nymph? What, you have Phantom, sex with you? Phantom Wanker. <laughs> See, yeah, I don't know what's the, going on. the legend of the Phantom Wanker, the myth, you know, you it's guys, common uh, among so many cultures. Fact, someone will give you a hand job. Some spirit is, comes. Is it nymph a type of fairy or a short for nymphomaniac? Is I think it's a type of fairy, James. <laughs> <laughs> but they, all the image of her say she's naked and it's like... Yeah, because as soon as someone's naked, yeah. you know they're a nymphomaniac. <laughs> And you can fill out certificates to say, claim that you've seen the Nullarbor Nymph, right? What? But you have to say whether you were drunk or not when you saw her. Do you have to be drunk to see her? I don't know. But I'm, I'm saying, apparently. 
Oh, there's even a Wikipedia article. Yeah, I'm on that. What does it say, Fred? Uh, it's not real. <laughs> there's even a 2012 low-budget movie titled The Nullarbor Nymph. Oh, yeah, but describe what it is. Nullarbor Nymph referring to a supposed sightings of a half-naked woman living amongst kangaroos on the Nullarbor Plain. Which but then half's he naked? Oh, <laughs> the there's left. a hoax perpetrated between 1971 and 1972. Yeah, the incident was eventually revealed as a hoax, initially as a publicity stunt, and the girl on film turned out to be a 17-year-old model named Janice Beebe. Who was half-naked? It's still a hot Sounds like underage. this. Some, oh, who's the hottie oh, now? Who's the hottie now? I think we've got it. Oh, does YouTube have a clip of the grainy amateur film? I don't know. Was this like Australia's sexy version of Book- Bigfoot? Hmm. I guess so, yeah. I reckon, I if, you, I reckon if you search for Nullarbor Nymph, it's going to come up with that... Um, that sequence from Sirens with um, <laughs> who was in it like Elmer Elmer McPherson and, and um, Portia de Rossi and, and Kate um, Fisher Kate Fisher yeah that's what from I'm thinking that's what I'm assuming the Nullarbor Nymph will look like yeah that sequence click on image for more information um oh. yeah so there was a low budget movie when was it made I'm gonna have to check it out you should. Features, you absolutely should. Apparently, uh, Merrick Watts was totally pumping it up. With some hot radio guy. You should make it. You should do a re uh, reimagining of it, James. Mm. Hey, well, speaking of which, I've been watching. <laughs> part of what I've been consuming, I've been watching uh, uh, this show about hunting Bigfoot in America. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, man, we should make. Uh, or maybe we could do it fang around, or maybe I should do it as like a mockumentary about f- hunting like bunyips and yowies in Australia. I think it would just be, yeah, a really good setting for uh, something, a drama. A know. drama or a Blair Witch type? Or a romantic comedy. I think. Yeah, a romedy, I reckon. Yeah, a romedy, yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Sexing? Or comments. Why don't they call them those? They're much catchier. Maybe they go out in the forest looking bowies, uh, yowies and bunyips and they trip on acid and then they see the nullable nymph. Well, they actually find the nullable nymph, which is probably a lot yeah. more titillating. Yeah. Well, definitely. But she's only 17, so that's a bit... Mm. bit no, the model was bit. only 17. Yeah. Right, okay. I found a picture of the nullable nymph. Oh, behind. yeah? I think that's the nullable nymph. Some, wow, some blondie, you know. Oh, yeah. I can see that. And so what, all the men from the city got excited and thought they'd drive out into the middle of Nullarbor to find this half-naked woman? Well, wouldn't they do anything for some publicity out there? Well, they would, but I'm asking if city folk thought, Phew! Gonna go check out this Nullarbor nymph, because I can't see any half-naked women in the big smoke. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna go drive out and try to find this elusive... magical in the big smoke. Oh, I guess. Oh, and they've, they've finished that golf course... That goes across. Oh, have you done? Have you well, done you do it? a hole every like three hundred kilometers. Yeah, and one of the holes. Guess what's named after? Oh, the Nullarbor Nymph. Yep. Can you get a hole in one with the oh, Nullarbor yeah. Nymph? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Sinking nine iron. <laughs> Something I don't know. I don't know. There must be some dirty golf lingo we can use. Hmm. So, Go yeah, putting on her green. I think that they probably say something. But like we, that. yeah, we don't have time because we're just like fanging over there. We don't have time to do that kind of stuff, but one day. But if you were, well, if, if you were fanging around, though. Yeah, fanging around. 
not in any great rush. We should do a live, we should do a tour of the Nullarbor, do live shows at each of the road stations and do a, um, you know, do a whole... Oh, it'd be, it'd be like um, 1080 live at um, the Railway Tavern. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What? Oh, we're getting molested on the dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go home. They're probably starved of entertainment out here. You know, we could make a real thing of it. It'll be like Triple J's... Unearthed. We could drive up uh, the, one side, and right, and then post posters on the way, and then when we're on the way back, we do the shows. That'd be a good idea. Yeah, but we don't need to be anywhere to do this show, as we're proving now. That's like, true. Like, the fact that we're in the desert... Well, you're in the desert. ...is not oh, any yeah. hindrance. Yeah, but we want to go to the people, friend. Well, that's if you want audience participation. Yeah, what do we want? That? And we give away the podcast free, but we sell tickets for twenty bucks. That's where the money is, friend. <laughs> oh yeah, live shows. Yeah, let's do a live show in the shed one day before, before we. Yeah, let's let's, yeah. let's have a crack at doing a live show. <sighs> <laughs> the next Perth. When does Perth have a comedy festival? Next Perth comedy festival. We should get a fringe <laughs> festival ticket. Oh, get Bonnie. The... Yeah, get yeah. Bonnie. Yeah. She organizes all oh, those. Oh, we things. can do one at the Chuckles Comedy Night. <laughs> After, sh- after that, yeah, I'm so not up for that. <laughs> you don't want to be on stage. Nah, I'd have this to wear a the, mask. This is the same with every successful podcast. There's always uh, one uh, reluctant one guy monk. on the team is like, I don't want to go on stage. Yeah, I don't want to go on stage. Uh, and then we have to talk him down and wear him down. Eventually, he gives up and he's just like that. And then we become famous. And but he rocks up in world. his leather jacket the first night. <laughs> yeah, and he has to keep it going. It's lucky leather. Um, what else have I can ping- Oh yeah, well, one of the things I've been consuming, I'm going to talk about in um, feminism corner. Well, so you bring in, you're bringing the topic this week. Uh, yeah, I am. Unless you had something. But no, I, no, no. I thought this one was topical, and uh, I also saw the Dark Knight Rises. Have you guys seen that? No, no. Yeah, well, so we can't talk about that. No, no, yeah. definitely not. Don't even, I don't even know what it is. Yeah. Well, I've been watching this show called Fresh Meats. Be, uh, well, I don't know, Channel Four, I don't know, some British TV show. Uh, it's about a group of uni students who, uh, you know, share a house together, and they're odd characters, you know. A little bit zany. Bit, a little bit zany, yep. A little bit kooky. Is one uh, of them lovable? Yeah, but kind of, you know, really nervous, but he still gets all the chicks. Is one mm. of them off the in-betweeners? Yeah. Is it, the is it the in-betweeners go to university? It looked a bit like that to me. Kind of, but there's... It's females in the group, yeah. yeah. It's kind of like how Freaks and Geeks... There was a show after that... Um, Called Geeks and Freaks? No. Um, Geekier and Freakier? Mm. Geeks and Freaks too? Be Ge- prepared. Freak harder. <laughs> yeah. Um... Uh, undergrad or underpre- underprepared? I don't know. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of funny. It's worth seeing as a, you know, if you're really bored. <laughs> what have you guys been consuming? Uh, you're going to love this. I've been watching a little bit more Dexter. All right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you guys are loving that. Have you finished the storyline with Third Rock or the Sun guy? Yes. John Lithgow says, so spoiler alert. Um, well, you don't need to say. 
well, something spoiled happened oh, okay. that I already knew was going to happen because I start I, I caught an episode on TV and that's how this all started, which was like from yeah. season six or something. Yeah. Anyway, um, so now we're I'm in the season where Lumen's in it, and um, it's a bit weird, but there you go. Mm. I'm interested to see what happens after this season. Yeah. I don't know. I read the synopsis for the books, and the books like veer off in a completely different direction. The yeah. books go all okay. supernatural. Oh, really? Yeah. So well, was it based on a book, or was the books are like came afterward? No, it was based on a book. So, oh. and the first season of the TV show follows the first book really closely. Like, it's there's a few changes, but it's pretty much identical. And then mm. the second season, it just goes boop. Into a completely yeah. different territory, but in the in the book series, his dark passenger is like the god of murder. It's revealed, or something oh, like wow. that. And there's this occult group that's trying to channel things, and it gets it, yeah. Like the later books become kind of supernatural. It's always terrible wow. when things go supernatural. Well, I yeah, I'm sort of like because oh. I always thought it was oh. just sort of a you know like an, a metaphor, his dark pass or an analogy for you know what he does and his urges but yeah in the books no 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 it is a literal dark passenger okay Mm. you thought it was the spirit of his mama yeah or his father Mm, so i've been watching what his father had embedded in him with yeah i don't know but um yeah you know kind of enjoying it and yeah, I've been I've been looking I've been looking to buy a watch. I don't know, is that consuming? Is that something I've been consuming? Campbell, you know, I've been on this trip. I've been ed- I wasn't sure if you guys were going to turn up last night today cuz you didn't RSVP back, so I've been editing Sorry. an old episode to put up and you were talking about this is an episode from like s- 8 months ago. You were talking about buying a new watch. Uh, and you had got this Jag watch that was just temporary or something until you got a proper one. Just new yeah, it's still temporary. <laughs> yeah. Campbell's, Campbell's watch. Watch, watch. We can't why. Yeah. So, how's the, how's the search going? Okay, yeah, I've narrowed it down. I have narrowed it. It's yeah. so, Is it really that involved? Look, it's one of those things where if you don't know anything about it and you go and buy a watch, you've got a budget or whatever, you don't really care, you just get something. It's not a problem. Yeah. But if you go, oh, I've got a budget of this, let's look into this. Oh, yeah. And then you start yeah. reading about it. And then you start learning about all the varieties and all the different types and what they all mean and, oh, what they're built, constructed with and, well, what should you be looking for? And then, oh, I, and then you start developing a taste of things like, oh, I actually kind of like this style of thing or I don't like that. And then you get even more particular. Oh, I like the dial on that one, but not the hands of that one. It gets stupid. So, when I bought this $10 watch that I'm currently wearing, I was quite happy with that because my watch smashed that day and I happened to be in a jeans store buying jeans Yeah, and they had a stack of watches and they were 10 bucks and I just went, I'll just take that one because I needed a watch straight away. And now I've set aside time and money to get one that I like. It's just a biggest mind fuck. The biggest mind fuck. (laughs) So, what are you going to do? I've narrowed it down. 
I've got to one. how many? One. I know. Sorry, which okay, one. So I've narrowed it down to one, and now I know, and I just need to order it. Is it that <laughs> Yeri Gagarin took it to Space Watch? No, that's slightly out of my budget. Oh, that's right. It was thousands of dollars. No, this one was only 300 Oh, okay. I found it for 300 but that's still, I don't want to spend $300 nah. because. No. Nah. Um, no, I've narrowed it down to a watch. Um, it's, it's a watch by a Chinese manufacturer called Parnas. They do, um, they do lots of like homage watches. So they're not, they're sort of like inspired by famous watches, but they're not, they're not like, um. How do you spell Parnas? P-A-R-N-I-S. Um, yes, they do like homage watches, so they're not like, it's not like they say Rolex on them. It's, it's sort of inspired by designs of, uh, so it's a watches. Sort of, but it's open, it's, it's, open none of them. source copyright infringement? No, no, but it's not, it's not, it's not, it's mimicking design elements of it, but it's in new, in different configurations. Um, once I started reading about it, I was like, what's the difference? And I was like, oh, I can kind of see what the difference is. Because usually if one watch manufacturer has an iconic watch, all other watch manufacturers do a version of that anyway. Okay. So even Rolex mm. does versions of like Breitling watches that are really classic and so on and so forth. So it's just in that line of... Anyway, it's a really nice kind of um, simple watch. And it's got an automatic movement, which is kind of cool. So it's self-winding. So within the watch, the, it winds itself so it's not a quartz it's not an electronic or a quartz movement I'm a big fan of Casio watches just gotta put that out there cool and it's got a glass back so you can see the movement that's and, pretty cool um, yeah I'll show you the one I'll put it up in the show notes but it's these things these Chinese watches so the one that I'm getting is like $90 um, which is like pretty cheap for well, it's ridiculously cheap for all those features. Is this is this kind of a decision where, um, like, if I broke my iPhone, I'd probably just get a new iPhone because I'm sort of committed to that. And I've, like, if you broke this, would you get this again, or would you go on the same search again for something something different? Oh fuck! I don't want to think about that. I'd probably get the same thing. I don't know. It depends. I haven't seen it, so it depends when I oh, get okay. it how much I, how much it suits me. And then it's like, well. Because there was one that I was committed to and I was going to buy, and it was $200. It's a mundane watch. It's like a Swiss railway watch. So, it looks yeah. like all the railway station clocks, um, except it's a wristwatch. And it's quite nice, and it's $200. And then I saw it available on Amazon for $140, right? And I was like, all right, I'm going to buy this watch for 140 bucks, And they wouldn't ship it to Australia. And then I really resented paying $200 for it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, yeah, that's that's okay. like sixty bucks more, because you're in Australia. Because I'm in Australia, and I was like, oh well, fuck that, and I got really crabby about it, <laughs> um, and got hung up. That's how petty and cheap I am. So anyway, I'm getting this watch. It's yeah, I'll see how it goes. I'll do a I'll do a review of it when I get it. Watch watch with Cam. Watch White. watch. Yep. There you go. Watch news. That was probably so boring for everyone. But <laughs> I'm sorry. Can we cut that out? Anyway. We'll see. Fred's a big fan of Casio's. Yeah, it's from my childhood. I had a sweet Casio digital watch, and I thought I was. Was the it the G Shock? No, it was like the cheapo one. Oh, okay. The budget I one, had, but they're the best. I had, had G Shock Casios. It's like I, the Casio FW ninety. The watch, a watch I had as a kid that I thought was shit hot, was um was like a bubble dome watch. It was like a snow globe. 
Oh, and it was right. a digital yeah. face, a huge yeah. bubble dome, and then inside was a Coke can that rolled around. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it was some promotional thing. I thought it was the coolest. So I, uh, you... I had this Thomas the Tank Engine one, which I lost when I was a kid, that I've never really forgotten about and gotten over losing it. Oh, I'm checking out Fred's Casio. The original Tell Casio. us about it, Fred. F... F91W. No, I was getting into this because it's it's like... Is this the one they make terrorists make? Yeah, it's $10. Yeah, and all the terrorists make claimed use in terrorism. So all mm. the Guantanamo Bay watches had like this... All the Guantanamo Bay inmates had this watch. So if you go through an airport security... That watch. And they've got... And you take that watch off and put it on the counter, they're going to flag you like yep. straight away. Yep. <laughs> so And why do they use it to make bombs? Because it's just it's like ten, 10 bucks. All right, turn that computer around. I want to get another look at this, just in case I see someone wearing that crazy-ass watch. <laughs> see, I got, oh, a, I got oh, a metalized got a, version. Is so. that a nickel-plated? Pull it out. Can I have a look? This is hot. This is watch, watch. watch Extended watch. edition. So, Casio Electroluminescence. It's pretty good. Is it water-resistant? Yeah, it's probably just water-resistant. I don't think Ooh. Casio make a high-end watch, but I wanted a metal. No, don't they make the G-Shocks? Oh, yeah. They, they they get pretty expensive. This I think, is in, this, I think you can spend like five hundred bucks on a G Shock. This is inspired by all the old physicists have all the Casio watches because they're like the ultimate in practicality and budget. Yeah. But they all bought them years ago, so they'll have stainless silver bands. And I was like, wow, do they even make oh. them anymore? So then I went on eBay and they do. So I bought some. Cool. That's my watch news. Casio. I remember the last watch I owned uh, that I actually was like to wear um, was um, uh, it was a Casio. I remember doing because uh, I had one. Uh, I got one for a birthday, a Casio, and I really liked it. It was like one of the first Gen G watches, but it it, it didn't. What's last a Gen G? Sorry, uh, first Gen G was shock. Oh, like okay. A really early G Shock, I think. That was a really cheap one. It was made of plastic and it broke pretty quick. But I, I thought the G-Shocks I, were all about not breaking. Yeah, but I think you have to you have to spin over a certain amount <laughs> to get. Oh, the actual G-Shock value. The real G-Shock. Uh, yeah. So I, I wanted a new one for my birthday, and I did so much research because I wanted, you know, because back then it was like, how many modes does this watch have? And I wanted this specific amount of modes, and I, that was the first probably product I ever researched, and it was like I needed to find. This very one, because I wanted one that didn't just have a a, a a stopwatch where you time stuff, but a countdown timer. Oh, so yeah. you can say, oh, yeah, you want me to do something in 10 minutes time, you know, like an egg timer. And, uh, and you know, one that could do an alarm. You know, it had to have five modes, but only these watches. And I had to have the, you know, the, you know, how illuminated, the background was illuminated uh, blue. Yep. Yeah, right. That was like Yeah. That, that was, was your yeah. must have feature. Yeah, the must have feature, you know, because before then they just have little tiny light bulbs that only illuminated one side and it used up heaps of battery. Um So you wanted the one that one. used up even more battery? <laughs> no, this uses up I, letter. Oh. How does it work? I think they were I think they were LEDs, not because their old ones were just like normal light bulbs. Um but just really small. That's okay. I don't know. Um, Ooh, that one's nice. 
Yeah, we're just looking at watches and analog. I think you have to tell me because I can't see. It's digital. We're looking at some Casio watches. I think it's digital and analog. It runs off a digital. Uh, and well, they're all analog. Runs off a quartz oscillator. What do you think so about um, I think I'll just buy two twenty five. Just for that. Anyway, what do you think about watches that have um, multiple time zones? Pretty good, but you know. Well, like we talked about in last year's episode, I'm a big supporter of universal time. You're an idiot. Yeah, you're a unique friend. <laughs> um, you want everyone just to be on the same time? Yeah. Because you can't add two numbers together. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> have you, hey James, have you read the history of um of the metric time? No, the, like because when the French had the French Revolution, right? Mm. Is this true? They tried to metricize everything. There was yeah. like this revolution, obviously, mm. but then there was a revolution where they wanted to throw out like everything of the past. Yeah, and everything that you know the um, the royal family stood for in the old ways, and um, one of the things was they tried to bring about um, decimal time. Mm. So well, I think when we switch to universal, we should go decimal. I well, you can't go decimal. Do it. Do it, do it in one hit. You yeah, can't. metric. You can't. You'd have to oh. redefine the second, and that would just be a mission. Why? Why can't we just redefine everything else and base it around the second? You can't, right? Because there's not a Why? metric number of seconds in the day. So you need to change the time of a second. Unless you change the time of a day, but then it's not going to match what the stars are doing. It's even more confusing. Why so can't you change what? the definition in, in of physics, a second? Fred, you s- this is very much my area of expertise. But yeah, James? Sorry, in physics, Fred, you still use seconds. You don't use metric time. Of course we use seconds. You don't use metric time in your physics. What do you mean? I thought it was no, but I a, it but was a only, second. But I thought a second it was only normies a, that use metric time. What do you mean? Like I, but you don't. But a second oh, is it, a metric unit, isn't it? Almost? Yeah, the the metric second is SI, so it's it's totally legitimate. Hmm. Um, but well, no, because you still talk about minutes and hours. Yeah. So in the second. But surely the second is a unit that's fine because that's based on the kilometer, isn't it? It's no. No? The second is based on da, 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 the duration of 9,192,631,770 periods of the radiation corresponding to transition between the two hyperfine levels of the grand state of the cesium-133 atom. So that's what a second is. Right, but when did they decide... Were we using seconds before they decided that? So before that, the second was defined as one... Thirty-one trillion five hundred and sixty-six billion, or whatever it is. No, one thirty-one millionth of the tropical year. So it was based on a fraction of the the year, and then they okay. redefined it to be uh, this duration of radium. And duration was that an equal amount? Yeah, and then they keep them equal. They they're, so they're the same thing, but this redefines how you measure it. So. So they went and found a fraction of some chemical radiation process that matched what they had already defined before. So what they would have done is they would have they defined the second as some fraction of the year. So if you want to know how long a second is, you you basically have to do some astronomy to figure out how the stars and how the Earth's rotating. 
And then people came along with cesium clocks, which are basically there's like a, a magnetic transition in cesium, which puts out cesium, which puts out um, microwaves, and that is essentially a clock that ticks nine billion times a second. And then they just did the maths so that that number of that radiation is one second. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then they redefined the second that way. So that way, if you get a cesium clock, you know it's a second. Whereas otherwise, if us in the lab today wanted to measure a second, we'd have to go outside with a sextant or whatever they used. So there. I, I think sometimes you just have to switch, you know, set a date. Like, you know, <laughs> like, wasn't it at, uh, in Fiji they swapped the side of the road they want to drive on? They just said, look, on this day, yeah. boom, we're not doing it anymore. But so and you want to... Just, people just deal with it, you know? So you want to make the second a bit longer... I, I, let's find something else it can be based on. Let's find a year and then def- and divide what? that into you know uh, something that works in the decimal system. If you wanted to or redefine the, the second, it'd take five minutes, right? Instead of nine billion one hundred ninety-two million blah 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 periods, hmm. you just go okay. Now it's eleven billion periods of radiation, and that's the new second. Why not just ten billion periods of radiation? Because oh, that won't fit into the day. It's like, because i got to have not? leap years, because now we can loop seconds. Can't you just make it a percentage? Of what? Well, a percentage of a day is 100%, so that's 100 it's points not, right there. It's not stable enough. The, the, the day, the time it takes, because of earthquakes and all the stuff in space, and the Earth's not a sphere, and yeah, what's going on in heaven? they already did an adjustment the other day, right? Yeah, but that's because the Earth, the spin of the Earth, is not doesn't match the scientific equipment anymore. The clocks are too good. And they in the Earth slowly drifts Too out of place. Too good for this planet. Yeah, so they have to readjust the, the day to take into account the Earth. Why don't, why don't we find? Why don't second? we colonize a planet that already has an orbit and rotation that has is decimal? <laughs> well, maybe we should. Can we yeah. find such a place? Such if a place. Such planet. a land of logic and reason. Yeah. <laughs> if you ever found that that planet, you'd want to set up a, a place of learning It'd and be, science. Yeah, there, oh, with definitely. A metric yeah. Calendar. You know what I've been doing on this road trip? I've been listening. Driving. Uh, alternating, back to back, but alternating, uh, Brian Cox's science podcast and Neil deGrasse Tyson's podcast. Oh, that's a whole lot of science. That's too much knowledge. Yeah, that's epic, man. And who's more charismatic? Well, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh, <laughs> get the fuck out. Brian Cox is... He doesn't come across good on his podcast. He's a bit snobby and he's a bit dumb. Oh, like, you're calling Brian he's, Cox dumb? Yeah, his co-hosts are always, you know, Maybe he's a bit he's... like you, Fred. We're like, oh, what's <laughs> <it>? like, <laughs> like, give give you a pencil Burn. and paper. Fred will get the answer, but on the spot, he's just a bit like, oh, wait, wait, oh, oh, yeah, oh, 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 oh yeah. about He's fallible. Yeah, he's an yeah, I'm not saying he's yeah. He comes across as very fallible. As far as I can tell, Neil deGrasse Tyson was never had a top ten hit. So, <laughs> yeah, that well, rate boom. Ryan Cox a little higher. Yeah, oh, I'm sure there's like on YouTube there is a, and I think there is. I think we've watched it. Neil deGrasse Tyson. There's a, a auto tune remix that's got like ten million hits of him talking about how awesome it is if we go back to space. Oh, yeah. yeah, but Tyson, right? He's American, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. 
So it's American versus European. That's kind of that's what it ideology. is, you know. And it's that sort of attitude where Neil can never be wrong. He's always got to be right. He's the showman. Yeah. He's you know he's aggressive. He's the go getter. I mean, that's that's the USA. So we've yeah. got, but you know, and and then you've got Brian Cox. He's more of the bumbling Hugh Grant character, you know, lovable. Yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. oh, 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 nailed it. He is. You know, and, and that's just gay. different. Is he gay? Coxy, yeah, big Cox, <laughs> different. <Yeah. laughs> oh no, that's that footballer. No, Brian Cox, Cox is married. He's got Cox. he's got a couple of kids. Ah, I mean, he's, he could he... be gay as well, but I know he has a female. I swear heart, they've like, referred to, to you know. Brian Cox's boyfriend on the podcast, but maybe I was maybe the teasing. paying attention. Or maybe he's a gay icon. He married US yeah. blogger Gaia Milanovic. Is that a boy or a girl? <laughs> Gaia. Their first child, George, was born with the middle name Eagle <coughs> after the Apollo 11 lunar module. Whoa. Were they big Eagle? fans of that? Yep. Eagle. His wife's mm. moderately attractive. Um... What about Carl Krasonicki? Is he Australia's Brian Cox slash Neil deGrasse Tyson? No. Dr. Carl. He's Dr. probably Carl. too zany. He's He probably fits a different category in those countries. What about that other guy, the guy with the funny eye? Oh, Carl. Oh, that guy. No, he's not no. even a scientist. The From Triple J. J. But yeah, but he always does. He's always promoting science on like yeah, Catalyst. He doesn't what's his name? About. I can't even remember anymore. No. It's he's not Angry Anderson, is it? <laughs> no, it's what? definitely not Angry. <laughs> he could be a scientist. Oh, is he science? Kevin Bloody Wilson? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Angry Anderson, Australia's science ambassador, could work. Yeah. Who was that other guy? Who was the other one that was like Angry Anderson and Kim Flay Wilson and um, Rodney Root? Yeah, it's Rude. Rodney Root. No, there's another one. Is um, oh, ostentatious. Do you remember oh, him yeah. with the wraparound sunnies? Oh, ostentatious yeah. here. I think he did that funny track um, about the barbecue where oh. It was all, it was this terrible, terrible joke, like puns all the way through it. Mm. It actually made me laugh when I heard it, though. Oh, it's all somewhere else. Anyway. How did we get onto that? I don't know. Were you buying a watch? Cam was buying a watch. Yeah. Well, maybe I should look to see if there's a decimal watch. Go on, get to the good stuff. Mm. Oh, fans cut. Fan censorship. Okay, so we just got a, a note from. Um, super fan Mark One um, saying yawn, get to the good stuff. Um, I think I mentioned briefly. Uh, I think we're going to get we're getting a new number one fan because we've actually got listener mail this week, and I don't think our number one fans ever sent us in listener mail. I thought she got censored by the show producers. Who? The fan. She's number one because she was the first ever to write in. I don't think she's ever written in. She did. You censored her. I censored her. Uh, it didn't get through. Anyway. No, I think you texted her. She texted in an answer and I said that's not... No, um, didn't she tweet you when we were in Europe? She emailed oh, in. Maybe she did. Maybe she did. I don't know. Anyway. I don't think the fan wants us to talk about the fan. That's what she was getting at. What have you been consuming, Fred? Uh, I went and bought some video games. I bought Just oh, Cause really? 2. I bought. Have you finished Saints Row? Pretty much. Except yeah. the last mission. I haven't done the last mission. <laughs> But I spent so much time, like, running around not doing the missions that my character's, like, maxed out the levels already. So it's Mm. pretty simple. Like, I'm impervious to bullets. And I bought Red Dead Redemption. That game's supposed to be amazing. Yeah, it's a lot of story, though. 
<laughs> See, Fred doesn't like that. See, he Just Cause 2, like, I got a new criteria for quality of video game. If it starts with a free fall <laughs> shooting enemy sequence, it rates. Because both Just Cause 2 and Saints Row the Third start off with Oh, that. Just Cause. I should have recommended I knew you'd love that. It's pretty cool. It's re- I don't, it took me a long time to understand what I was doing and why I was doing it. But I'm just yeah. so. Well, what is this Just Cause game? You basically just have your guy, third person shooter. You have a grappling hook, and you carry guns around, and you're basically stuck like attacking installations on this island. But this island is huge. It's like one of the world record holder, I think, for the biggest sort of playable environment. So you can fly around and drive around and just cause chaos. That's basically. And you have you have a parachute as well, right? So you just grapple yourself onto a plane in the sky. Jump up, parachute down, then blow stuff up. Yep. And, yeah. Yep. Is it called just cause, as in just because, or just cause, as in just? Co- I have. A- I think it's as in um, acceptable, justified. Oh, okay. okay. I think. Mm. Even though, it's but totally it may be not. a play on words, though. Like, it might be both. This is yeah, a, yeah, I think it is. You know, we're having grapple hooks and parachutes just because it's awesome. Yeah. So I'm a big fan of these types of games. That's why Red Dead Redemption. It's another one of those like. Boring, story-driven, no, no, no. James, did you play Red Dead? I thought you'd be... I all... started it, and it's really awesome, and I've never, you know, I haven't committed the time. I thought you, it, yeah, but... I thought you would love it, James, because it's like, starts off like a movie. Oh, I love it. The first half, I was literally just, like, coming the whole, you know, <laughs> Literally. <half>. Yeah. <laughs> literally. <laughs> just coming all over. <sighs> wow. Um, I read, uh, you know, I quite like reading um, really evocative and emotive uh, articles about video games, and I think I've talked about the um, the Minecraft uh, article I've, I read about, you know, this guy yeah. and his first night, and um, and I've actually really never played Minecraft more, for more than a few minutes, so I don't know what he's talking about. And again, I read this other article about Red Dead. Um, which was just this, it was, it was really long, really beautifully written article about the game and about the experience of playing it. And, um, you know, it goes beyond a game review. It's not saying this is the mechanic, this, this is the, that. It's about an, a personal experience with it. And then it got into all these um, ghost stories from within the game. Have either of you guys heard of these things? Uh-huh. Sort of things that are almost like artifacts or glitches, but... Um, because the game is so immersive and because these glitches are so strange... They take on this sort of otherworldly um, kind of... Supernatural stuff. Yeah, where people are like, oh, did they code that into the game? Like, the way that that body's up in there, in that room, and you can see it from outside, but when you go inside at night, it's not there. Like, is that a haunting thing that they've put in, or is it a mistake? Or there's, you know, like, and there were all these examples and how scary it was. And then all these people in the comment section were like, oh, yeah, fuck me. This thing happened once when I was out in this part of the game at this time of the year. Da-da-da. And it was, it just sounded really amazing, you know, this. Yeah, I went ghost hunting in Halo. Like, there's, uh, everyone talked about these ghosts in these certain Halo levels. And if you go do this at this time, and you'll see this scary thing or something like that. And so I went and tried to do it. I never found it. But I, because I came to the game late, it possibly could have got patched out once people discovered it. But of course, all the hackers, you know, once they heard about that, they're like going through the code line by line, you know, uh, hacking the game, trying to see if it, was, what, if it was actually true and if it had been intentionally put in there or it was a mistake. And just, just playing it, trying to find I was scaring myself, you know. Trying to think. 
Yeah. Uh, just trying to walk around because I was just doing it by myself. And it had, um, um, and so many of these things, ha- you know, when I was reading the comments, so much, so much of it, I was thinking, wow, is, you know, is it A, that the gamers, ha- uh, that the programmers have put these things in on purpose and that's really mm. cool? Is it B, that these things are accidents in the game and people are interpreting them as ghost stories, essentially, and that's mm. really cool as well? Or is it C, that all of these people are just making shit up like people would in high school, you know, like, yeah, oh, yeah. I've seen the sixth Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie in, uh, when I went to Bali on holiday and they've got yeah. it on cinema. That, <laughs> and you're in primary school and you don't, you don't know and you're like, oh, really? What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. You know, or, you know, oh, my before dad's a cop and he drives a Ferrari. Well. And you're like, well, fuck me, I don't know, maybe. But why would you make that up? Well, I don't know, but... I guess you can ask Well, kids used to make... (laughs) I'm sure kids haven't changed that much. Like the Nullarbor Nymph. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's right. Why would a bunch of grown men make a film up about it? Get some 17-year-old to get half naked. Yeah, that sounds really dodgy. Anyway. Um, Yeah. There's another game you might like, Fred, called... I think it's Red Faction. Uh... And I'm not sure what it is, but it's not the most recent one. It's the one before. Yeah, I think I, I know. What you, I think I know what you're talking. About. I just want open that, world games. I can't. I can't. Yeah, I can't. It's an open world, and in Red Faction, the, the not the most recent, the one before. You basically have to go around and just. You, I think you're on Mars, and you have to destroy all these facilities on Mars. So it's basically it has fully destructible environments, and you're just blowing stuff yeah, up. Yeah, that's what I want. I can't do um, like Call of Duty type games anymore. I thought I'd love them, but they're just. Once you play an open world game, they're so linear. You may as well be on rails. It's like either you hide behind that car or that car, and then you shoot everyone who stands in front of you. That's it. Mm. There's no thought beyond that. There's no choices really, unless it's like well, an ex- that's because you're playing like, a tiny screen and headphones. It's like an, it's an yeah, but I want to choose how to do things. There's no choice mm. in these games. Yeah, there was a recent. I think it was a recent Call of Duty where someone was the reviewer was just sort of commenting on how it's almost just. Um, like an interactive cinema, like an interactive movie, basically, yeah. where you know you have such little choice, and you are on rails, and all the events are scripted, and so you just sort of feel like you're yeah. kind of just pointing the camera as you watch the movie. Yeah, and they were yeah. sort of saying how I mean that's kind of cool in one way, but in lots of other ways, it's really not. Well, that, well, that's sort of what they're going with Call of Duty, right? Because there's two modes uh, in that, and if you play on uh, easy or normal, you just run through the game and you shoot stuff. And you do some quick uh, time, uh, quick time things, and you just play it, and you watch the story, and you see all these explosions and stuff animate around you and stuff like that. And then you go off and play multiplayer, like it's only a five-hour game or something. And then you go off and play multiplayer. Yeah. Um, uh, or if you put it on veteran, the hardest difficulty level, level, then it becomes this insane challenge because it becomes just so difficult that you. I uh, just have to become perfect at playing the game and firing the shot at the exact right target at the right time to play through. And then those people who like that, it's kind of like a platformer in that kind of way where you have to get everything right perfectly to get through the level. Yep. Um, but I don't, find that, that, I don't find that enjoyable at all. Yeah. And, I mean, I understand people who might. But. Yeah, yeah. But that's what Call of Duty 4, I really enjoyed the first time, just going through the story. I mean, I was obviously playing it in like a cinema and immersive and surround sound and just following the story and going through it and then I played it through better and it was just the challenge of trying to get through that was it was one of the few hard games I don't normally because I'm not I'm not a real gamer I just like interactive stories and experiences and uh, so I don't really like the 
gaming mechanics that much, but that was the first time I ever played a really hard game and sort of, uh, you know, felt like rewarded when I got through. I was like, oh, I did that, you know. Um, Are you going to play the new Ghost Recon? Apparently the story in that is, like, deep. I think it's oh, Ghost really? Recon? Maybe. And it, uh, and it's, like, all morally ambiguous and you have to make tough decisions and, and uh, you know, I heard people raving about it. That it's not just, like, the bad guys aren't obviously... Well, there are no obvious bad guys, I think. Oh, so that's kind of cool. So if you're running around just shooting everyone, you kind of feel oh, a bit... Wait, is that the... Is that uh, the Spec Ops? Yeah, Spec Ops? I think. Yeah, and it's based on Heart of Darkness. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's kind of like uh, Apocalypse Now, but set in Dubai after like you know uh, a year long sandstorm has hit it. Yeah, so I just saw the review on oh, Good wow. Game, and I thought, and they were yeah. going on about how the the game's pretty cool, but they were just like the story will, is for mature audiences, and it will you know get yeah. to you. So you should try yeah, apparently because they've been they've been developing it so long that the graphics are kind of really crap because they're from like five years ago, but the yeah, because it's sort of based on Heart of Darkness and it's that kind of, you know, moral conflicts and people going nuts. And it's stuff a great like idea. So, I mean, because, yeah. so, you know, <coughs> so many of the games that just, you know, it is really clearly drawn. There's this good, you know, you're the good guys and there's the bad guys. Or, um, or you know, even games where you are able to make certain choices... It tends to be that the moral choices you're being asked to make are really obvious. Yeah. Like, yeah. do you give a loaf of bread to this poor, you know, starving street urchin or do you shoot the street urchin? You yeah. know, and it's sort of like, well, if you want to play the bad guy, you do the bad thing. Otherwise, you do the good thing. But it, it's much more interesting if, you know, I remember even playing um, Boulder's Gate, which goes back a while. And, you know, even there, there was quite clear... The choices you were asked to make were really clear. It's like, if you want to be the goody, you do this. If you want to be sort of um, the bad guy, you do that. And if you don't really care, you do the middle one. But, mm. you know, there were a couple of things where it was like, well, there isn't a clear-cut good thing, you know? there's there's It's much more complicated. And I remember those choices and how difficult mm. it was to make them because, you know, especially you go through the game and you're doing whatever thing you're doing. And then mm. sort of things get so much more complicated. And I just wished that it was more like that but all the way through. To me, that wouldn't add to the enjoyment. It would just make it a stressful. Playing the game stressful, basically. Mm. That's Campbell. What you should get is apparently, if you like choices and stuff, is the new Walking Dead game. Uh, and it's based on the comics, not the TV show. But apparently, that's it's that's almost like an interactive story. But you're, it's all about your choices, okay. and people are just going nuts about how it's probably the best video game so far about making moral choices. Well, that sounds cool. It's not like and a Facebook episodic. game. No, it's episodic. So you buy. I I don't know. You either buy episode by episode, or you so you can probably buy the first episode. And if you don't like it, don't keep going playing. But uh, that's cool. I might check it out. No, but, I do uh, enjoy that sort of stuff. That's the problem I had with GTA 4. Like, I've talked before how immersed I've got into that. But the end game in that, you have, you know, it comes down to a decision and they try to make it all moral. Like, you either have to kill this person or that person. Um, but I kind of got annoyed that they didn't give you the third choice of, you know, not killing either one of them and then just having to deal with the consequences, you know? I would... If if someone was going to come after me because I didn't make that decision, then I would want to, you know, go and fight my way out. And if I die, I die. You know, I don't want to. Games so rarely give you the option to go, yeah, just to deal with the consequences. To back out. So, yeah. 
because you had to kill one of the two people. You couldn't just say, I'm just going to walk away from the problem and if people come after me, then... Yeah, yeah well, you know. Hmm. Uh, which, you know, in some game like Call of Duty, you wouldn't think twice, but a game that's sort of meant to be as immersive as GTA, the, you know, the most recent GTAs, then it kind of becomes an issue and takes you out of the sort of reality. So what is that you just got those two games for it? I bought Far Cry 2 on the on an impulse. I don't really like it. I might exchange it for something better. I might oh, buy yeah. I might buy a racing Four card up. game because I know it'll be completely free of any moral ambiguity or storyline. Well, apparently yeah, uh, Burnout some. Revenge, Fred, is meant to be really fun. Yeah. I just want fun games. I wouldn't mind playing a racing game. Really? I haven't played a racing game in forever. Yeah, I don't think I ever played a racing game. I don't think I ever did. I always sneered at racing games. Yeah, I used like to play, realistic ones. I quasi. Played, I played Need for Speed, the original, a lot. And I played Driver a lot. And I both really enjoyed them. But yeah, I really kind of... It, they are looked down upon a bit. They're a bit... Yeah. Yobbo. Anyway, yeah. find out... Fred, find out the developer of Burnout Paradise and either buy that or whatever their most recent game is. Because I think... They got bought by whoever makes Need for Speed, and they're they're making that now. And apparently, since they got bought by that company, Need for Speed's good again. Okay, maybe I will. I want because yeah. I. But just find out that developer and follow. What well, who doing. makes San Francisco Rush? That's still gone. Is that <laughs> still know. around? I don't know. Is that one the motorbikes? Other... No, it was... that was Road Rage. Was that was the yeah. shit. It was like oh, Road Sprites. Rash. Sprites. Yeah, and you like whack people with yeah. chains. Oh. Um. There's also, uh, it's pretty Harry's not here because he used to, I used to come over to his house to play this game called Stunts. Did you ever play Stunts? Is it with a Z? It sounds Maybe, like it should yeah. be, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, it should be. And it was like a PC game. Uh-oh. Um, it's probably... Are we boring the fan? I don't think we Are you there, James? This is boring thing around. No. The fan's just <laughs> going to bed. It's going to miss out on our amazing feminism corner that we oh, Should we get onto that? No, no, I want to tell oh, okay, sorry. Good. Slow burn. Um, Baby, yeah. So yeah, was, stunts, you, know, you you get to build your own tracks and you race them, and it was just really awesome. And the you know the graphics that's so terrible now looking back on it. But these guys came out recently and they've got this game called Trackmania, or Trackmania Two, I think it is. And it's just you build your tracks and you play the tracks that other people will ha- have, and then you can build your own server. And you get when you make it your own server, you get to choose the their soundtrack. So all the track to, people who make their own tracks take such pride into what you know soundtrack they have on their server of, of music to listen to, and because people this is have, on the this is the new game. Is right? this before Napster? This is a new one. Yeah, no, yeah, but it's complete because it's all ha- you know it's a PC game, so people hack their own music in. There's no oh, yeah. legal qualms at all, and uh, you play, and it's it's sort of a real social kind of racing game. It's really weird, um, but. Um, yeah, I'll put a link to uh, a demo of it in the show notes if I remember. Um, it's you guys should check it out. It's quite funny. Um, but yeah, it's all about you're always racing by yourself, but you see the ghosts of other people. I think um, so. You're trying to oh, beat yeah. their time. Um, but I think you can just spectate and watch other people in the server play as well. So, yeah. Have you ever played Space Station Alpha, James? No, something like that. It's like this NASA. Or NASA. I don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> uh, simulator of living on a space station. It's like Made by weird. NASA? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like you have to like do little tasks and stuff. And um, it's just there's some funny YouTube videos about it. 
So check that out. I think it's Space Station Alpha. Or yeah. Base, Moon Base Alpha or something. I'm going to Google it now. Put it in the show notes so I can add it. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, I will add it to the show notes now. Yeah, but Far Cry 2 is is an amazing sort of open world game, but it gets really repetitive. Yeah, I played it for about five minutes and I got bored. So I think I'll return that one for something better. A racing game, like I said. Mm. Yeah. What is with this? It's something with cool cars. For fanging around. What do you guys know? But here's something else. What do you guys think about um, uh, certain breeds of dogs that um, kind of you know come under a lot of criticism for being excessively violent animals? I'm thinking of like pit bulls, rottweilers, um, ridgebacks, ridgebacks, Rhodesian ridgebacks. Never heard of. Them. Dobermans, that sort of thing, that are you know often involved in mauling incidents, and then there's a public outcry, and then there's a counter outcry of oh, all all dogs are beautiful; they just need the right trainer. Or mm. uh, what do you guys think about that sort of thing? Do you guys have any thoughts about that? I think that you shouldn't. I think if it's one of those breeds, it needs to be treated like a like a weapon, right? Yeah, like, like a gun, gi- like a gun or a knife. Like you wouldn't give a knife to a child. And you shouldn't have a child near a dog like that. And if you're going to take it for a walk, you should put a muzzle on it. I mean, too bad the dog doesn't like it, whatever. You have that type of dog, just put a muzzle on it. And then, you know, it shouldn't need anyone and you'll be fine. And it's like, but yeah, also like guns, right? Like, you know, since the Martin Bryant incident, you know, in Australia, you can't, I mean, that's a whole subject we can bring up. There's like gun laws, which our listener, one of our listeners wrote in about. But, uh, you know, we can't, own a semiotic rifle anymore because there's no reason for an Australian to need a semi-automatic rifle as a tool unless you're a professional roo shooter or something like that, you know? Yeah. Um, but, you know, I can see, you know, like my, on the farm, my family's farm, there's guns because sometimes you have to put sheep down, sometimes you have to shoot roos because they're in plague proportions um, yeah. and stuff like that, but they have to get a license and give a reason as to why they need to own the gun. And it's the same ring. Like, I can understand, like, certain breeds of dogs, you know, if you're a pig hunter, you probably need a, a vicious dog. But, yeah, but what if, you, what if you're doing but pig you need, if you're uh, uh, If you need a pig dog, then you should get a license for them to say, hey, well, I am actually someone who does pig hunting. That's why I have this dog. And normal people who live in the city shouldn't need that, you know? Shouldn't, I don't think they should have So, is this about pig dogging, Cal? <laughs> no. <laughs> Pig dogging, no. Pig sticking. Pig sticking. No, um, it's just about, you know, quite often, I was talking to James about this earlier, quite often uh, on Facebook, I I have kind of people on that come up on my um, feed and they post things. There seems to be just quite a lot of people somehow. Pro or anti-dog. Pro-dog. Lots of photos of, you know, like baby pit bulls looking really cute in They're a like the bed of dog feathers. Dog. And then, you know, something <laughs> written over the top saying, you know, all dogs are beautiful. It, you know, it's humans that are monsters. Or, you know, don't judge me. Uh, you know, I'm born innocent. Or, you know, something something along those lines. And I kind of got an argument. Not an argument. I just sort of got an I, p- I posed to them, to them, I say, dog, these dog advocates, um, on one of the images. I kind of said, well, 
you know, these animals, um, I can't remember the exact breed. Let's just say it was a pit bull. Um, you know, this animal doesn't exist in the wild. It's not a, it's not, it's something that we've engineered through selective breeding. It's a creature that we've created. And um, at the time, we created it for a specific purpose, and it's no longer being used for that purpose. And, you know, I'm not necessarily advocating that we terminate them all, but if we say that this is this will be the last generation of that animal that we have created, would that be an unethical thing to do? To say that we'd sterilise all of them and we'd let them all grow old? I think it is. <clears throat> do you think that's unethical? To, to make a, a, um, a species extinct, even if we created yeah. it. Yeah. I think so. You think that's kind of unethical? I was just... Not, I'm not saying we should do it. I'm just saying, is it... Un- well... But the information in that jog's genes, you'll never get back. You'll never be able to. No. So it's, a, it's like if anything goes extinct, it's just a bit sad because... Hmm. The natural selection it takes to create something like that. Well, it doesn't take that... I mean, it doesn't take that long to breed up a species yeah, of dog. It's a bit genocidal, isn't it? Oh, it's completely genocidal. Well, but it's I'm not, saying, you're as, not killing as, the dogs, you're just sterilising them. That's still genocide. Well, it's still genocide to try to wipe out an entire species okay. of creature. But those... Uh, yeah, but it's not like... Um... I'm sure the Jews would have rather to be sterilised than murdered, you know? (laughs) Yeah, but that doesn't make either of them okay, does it? I guess it's sort of entering into those those questions that were raised that you enjoyed so much, Fred, from the film Prometheus that we were talking about. (laughs) You know, like, if someone creates a life form, do they have the right to uncreate it? Mm. Like abortion. No. (laughs) No. So... But, but what, um, I don't, what I don't understand about these people is why do they get so attached to these breeds that they want they're... to keep them when there's so many there's so many breeds of dogs out there that you can pick. All of these dogs will love you and could be good pets. Why do they uh, so unless they actually license breeders themselves? Why do they? Yeah, the mind boggles, and I think and I think it's a really challenging thing to unravel mm. because. You know, we look at... Okay, if you look at an an, an attack dog, mm. it has been bred selectively by people for two traits, physical strength and ease of aggression, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, one of the qualities is a physical trait, which is undeniable. And the other one, of course, they're going to try to breed animals that are a... You know, are, that are both... Um, you know, uh, can learn and can be controlled, but also have the capacity for great violence because that's mm. what you want them to do in their work. Yeah. Um, so then to say, you know, oh, these animals are blank slates, it's their owners that create or unleash those sort of capabilities. Well, I think that's, um, you know, only partially true. You know, it's it's so much of it's encoded in, um, I believe, encoded in the animal. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I'm not, I haven't read papers. I haven't read research into how. But, you know, it, it, surely it's evident, you know. You can, humans can pass on um, psychological conditions to one another. You know, mm. depression runs in families, things like that. Alcoholism is more prevalent in um, and it can be genetically passed on. Mm. You know, so, of course, if you're selectively breeding people for alcoholism, yeah, you're going to wind up with a whole bunch of alcoholic people. 
you know, and likewise with aggressive dogs, I think. And and then you've got this situation where people who human beings who like to think of themselves as roguish and tough and anti-establishment are drawn to these animals that have these this stigma of anti-social, violent, um, anti-authoritarianism. Um, placed on them, and then they um, imbue those dogs with those values, and those dogs reinforce it, and then the public reinforces. And so, you know, these dogs really appeal to people who want violent dogs. Mm, and yeah. so then you wind up with this situation with violent people with violent dogs, uh, you know, attacking kids and other dogs, and and then we all sort of act surprised or mm. outraged. And I'm sure you know there are hundreds and hundreds and thousands of families out there who've had. Um, you know, these attack dog breeds and have grown up with them and have only had great experiences and they've been lovely with the kids. I'm positive, you know, that is true as well. Yeah, yeah. But, but you look at the statistics of what dogs are involved in maulings and it's, you know, more often than not, these attack dogs. Yeah. But I'll also, like, I look at, you know, you look at the military and the police, right? They don't, mm. who need dogs that can be trained to attack when needed, right? They don't use those dogs. They use German Shepherds, which are just really smart dogs. Uh, be- isn't that because, like you said, those dogs need to be smart and attack people and do things, sniff bombs or whatever, hmm. whereas attack dog, they're dog-fighting dogs, so they're built to attack yeah. other dogs. So they don't need to be very smart. Mm. Yeah. They just, and they probably need to be built in a way which is mm. not so good for attacking people, but is better for attacking dogs. Well, and also, you know, the way the police use German Shepherds, they don't use them to kill they yeah. use them to um, name or oh yeah, yeah, yeah or just to harass yeah and also for to sniff them out and things like that so they're yeah. all rounded dogs. I read something ages ago and I don't know if it's true or if it's just a myth that when armed forces were first looking at using a breed of dog, they were doing intelligence tests on them because you know they needed a large species a breed of dog that was able to follow instructions and the dog that scored the highest was the standardized poodle. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. But then they were like, no, we're not using a poodle because no one's going to take us seriously. Yeah, so then yeah. they chose the next highest, which was the German Shepherd. That's why I, I, you know, I, I don't know. Is it hard to own a German Shepherd? Like, if, if I, if I, I find it hard to, yeah, believe those people that say they want these sort of fighting and attack dogs, uh, you know, because they want someone that's loyal and protect their family. Like, I think if you generally want, uh, um, a dog to protect your family and stuff, you'll get like a dog, like a German Shepherd, which isn't known for mauling humans uh, without being asked to specifically, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Without being asked politely. Yeah. Yeah, look, I don't know. I think... If there's a listener out there who has an opinion on us, write in. We'll hear your opinions, but... uh, Like, it's just... I do find it strange that these people own these dogs when there's just so many other breeds that... I, I. uh, just as loyal companions, but don't fall risk of, uh, you know... Um, well, yeah. the risk level is so yeah. much lower, statistically. Yeah. I mean, and look, uh, you know, I know you and I, James, have both grown up with the dogs from mm. when we were, like, you know, from day one, there was a yeah. dog in my house and always has been. So I don't have dog... I don't have a generalised dog phobia. Mm. I, you know, I don't. Um, but, you know, I think you need to be sensible about it and put sort of I don't know perhaps I'm not being sensible about it well yeah I had two my first two dogs was an Irish setter and a golden retriever which are like real family dogs they don't you know wouldn't harm a soul 
my current dog is half Labrador, half sheepdog, right? And you can really see the sheepdog coming through. Like, she is so much more territorial. She herds people. You know, she doesn't do any more. She's old. But she, she could see the herding trait in her, even though she's never been taught any of that stuff mm. that is from her breeding. But it's in her. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Anyway, listener mail. We have a listener oh, mail. Oh, yeah, we've got listener mail. This is exciting. Uh, someone wrote in to say that they heard our talk about Schwarzenegger, uh, how awesome we thought he was, and they just wanted to comment. And I, I, well, I don't want to read out what they said because it, it has a bit of bad grammar, but basically he said... <laughs> <we're> not- <laughs> So the first and we're not going to have that on this show. Okay, okay, I'll, r- the I'll read it out. The first ever listener mail. And I'll read like, it no, out. Enjoyed, ground. but they forgot the forgot goddamn commando. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, so I'm thinking he's saying that we forgot to say commando as a... Commando. As I don't one think of I've classics. seen commando, but there you go. Isn't that the one where all these quotes come from? Like, get to the chopper. It's got Alyssa, a young Alyssa Milano in it, doesn't it? I don't think I've seen it. I think I have. Maybe we should have a... Chainmail shirt. Yeah, it's coming back. I've been thinking one one episode we could do a a movie commentary. A wicked. Are we going to riff track something? Yeah, we'll riff track for an episode, a movie that we can just talk all the way through as the movie goes, (laughs) and people at home can sync up their... uh, um, It'd be just like you're in a cinema listening to people talk the whole movie. Yeah. People would love that. Like would, it be something that we're, would it be something that we're informed about? Surely, hopefully. Well, I don't know. We could do it like Commando where we've never seen it before or um, um, or it'd be something look, that a classic like Predators or Predator. I had a bit of fan feedback as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I've tried to tell this a couple of times so far tonight. Um, Whether one of my co-workers... Oh, whoa, chainmail shirt. All right. And a cool moustache. <laughs> Keep getting um, distracted. <laughs> my, one of my co-workers, she downloaded like all of our episodes, has started yeah. listening to them, gave us some great critical feedback. Here's yeah. one thing. She really enjoys it when we know what we're talking about. <laughs> She said, she said, I don't, she's just sort of saying, oh, look, I don't know how to say this without sounding rude, uh, but, you know, you guys were sort of talking about this one thing. And what I can't was the one thing? Example? Because I can't tell that we know about and what we I can't know remember what her example, oh, I cannot remember the example of the thing that she said that, that we didn't know about. There you go. There's something else I don't know about. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but she did. She gave a clear example of something, and she said we were just all sort of guessing and didn't have a clue. But then she said we started talking about some science thing, and there was some definite facts, yeah. and um, you know we knew what we were talking about. Plus, there was the jibber jabber. Yeah. Um, and she said that was really good because she felt like she was learning something that was factual, but there was also humour. Mm. Well, we so should she go down that recommended route. we I, stick I, to the facts. Yeah. Well, more I, I guess facts. that's more true. And more, guess, more reading, I guess, yeah. is what we need to do. But I also, when I'm listening back to the episodes to, to edit them or whatever, to put them up, I do, I, I quite, the things that I find funny, and I realise it's weird because it's my, I'm talking and I was there when it happened. The things I find funny is when we talk about something that we don't know about it and we're like, oh yeah, this happened, this happened. And then we, then someone actually goes and Googles what it actually is and it's like nothing what we said and we're like, I find that really funny when we uh, <laughs> just talk from <laughs> our memory. 
So we okay. going, oh, so I'm, are we going more or less facts? Well, James I think there's probably a facts. good balance. I think there's a good balance. I think well, the show notes provide Fred, us you, with are, You need to bring some hard science, like that. the stuff you're talking about time, that's cool stuff that you should bring every week All right. for the, to represent the science, you know? I'll go to my new segment, Time Watch. Yeah, and then it'd be good watches? because we all, we had don't we don't know what you're talking about, so we'll ask the questions that the, the the people who are not in the know would probably want to ask as well. Okay, I'm gonna steal. Can I steal content? Do we have a policy on stealing content? No, I'll just steal. Well, you should probably oh, acknowledge yeah. it. I don't know. There's like, anyway, I'll figure this out for next week. Yeah. Okay. We've had our science talk tonight. Okay. Um, uh, tiefling. Oh, okay. So. Our other listener mail, one of our listener mail is to do with What? One of our what? Segments. Hold on, we got two lots of listener mail? We got three listener mails. Shit got real this week. Yeah. We're blowing I up. I think we're blowing we're up blowing like the World Trade and Baby. And we got a tweet of the week. No way! And Fred, you need to find out the person, the name of the person who sent us in so we can. Their Twitter handle. Oh, it's on the, it's on the fanging around tweet. It's a retweet. Well, okay, well, I don't have the equipment to check it. Right oh, okay, now. I'll have a look there. Um,. Okay, so this is Jake. This is a question he wants to ask us, and it relates to something we were talking about just a moment ago. Uh, Jake from Alabama, or Alabama? Alabama, I think. Alabama Slammer. I wonder if. Alabama Black Slammer. Jake, we have a. That is from a movie and a well respected film. We have a basketballer from the 90s in Perth called James Crawford, right? And he's, like, famous for being, like, the only American that lives in Perth that's actually sort of famous. And he was called the Alabama Slammer because he came from Alabama. And I wonder if anyone from Alabama actually knows who the Alabama Slammer from Perth is. James Crawford, the basketballer. Yeah. Um, (laughs) He is uh, JHKOFA007 on Twitter. He says, Have you heard about the shootings in Colorado? What are your thoughts, and how the hell do I get out of this country? What? Someone wants help? Yeah. Who wants this to escape? Don't escape come by boat, because Tony <laughs> Abbott is standing at the coast waiting to shove you back into the deep yeah. sea. Yeah. He's in his speedos. He'll swim the fuck out and drag your boat back. That's how hard this man is. So, obviously... Uh, there was, you know, this terrible shooting in America that kind of ruined Batman for everyone. Um, <laughs> James. <laughs> no, I don't mean like... People also died, by the way. No, I know. It's that bad that it... it, it it's that bad. Yeah. It's terrible. That guy was basically insane. Yeah. I mean, really insane. And I guess, that, you know, as always, the argument comes up and Rich... Uh, you know, I've seen... Many people quote, and it's probably different in America, you get different media, but everyone outside of America is quoting Roger Ebert, the movie critic who was talking, you know, obviously because it happened in a movie cinema, he felt he had the need to say something. And he was saying, like, you know, this story happens over and over again, and it won't happen until we get rid of guns. But, of course, in America, you know, I hear that guns are a big thing of part of your life. But see, um, I was talking about that tonight. I don't... Because, I mean, the guy went nuts in Port Arthur and that guy went nuts in Sweden and they're not particularly yeah. known for Yeah, well, look, guns. the thing is, guns don't kill people. Yeah. Guns kill... No, guns No, guns do kill people. That's No, no that's that guy, true. That guy guns. in Norway and that guy in Port Arthur... They oh, got... that one in Norway, Fred, he didn't what, have so a gun. Explain no, no, to listeners what happened. Guns. Oh, he had guns. Uh, well, the guy in Tasmania didn't have oh, guns. Oh, no, but... but that... Oh, no, he did have guns. <laughs> but he had... They... And this guy in Colorado? Yeah. And in Columbine? Yeah. Oh. But but Oh. Okay. The guns 
in all of those shootings were legally purchased. That doesn't make any better. They they are not they're strictly controlled in Tasmania and Norway. And they still got their hands on them because essentially that we were saying before that if you have a justifiable reason for a gun, you can buy a gun. And you can make up a justifiable reason anyway, and you can get your hands on the gun if you're a psychopath. No. Australia's gun rules changed drastically after post the Martin Port Bryant. Post-Port Arthur. Um, but, you know, it's it's funny. When I was living in San Francisco, um, and I was living in this sort of artist commune with maybe about 16 other artists, or mm. there were 16 of us total, um, you know, and lots of liberal, um, you know, arts types... Um, and I sort of got in, oh, we did, you know, we were sort of a bit, uh, trepidatious about broaching some subjects. And I guess one of them was sort of guns and it came up and, um, and everyone was sort of like, oh yeah, guns are crazy. You know, like, why has everyone got guns? And then one of the artists, she was like, no way. Um, she was from Vermont and loveliest, most amazing woman. She's incredible. Um, I just want to preface what I'm about to say because she is amazing. But um, she was sort of saying, no way, everyone should have a gun. Where I come from in Vermont, everyone has a gun and no one fucks with anyone because everyone's got a gun. And everyone knows that if you start some shit, you'll get a gun pulled on you because everyone's got one. And she's like, the problem is not everyone has guns. Well, that's what Roger Ebert said. How many people shot back at this guy in the cinema? Like... Yeah, but surely Colorado's got to have a few, quite a few guns. So what? What Roger Ebert was like? Everyone should have had guns. No, he said either everyone should have a gun or no one oh, who's not a police okay. officer should have one. It's one or the other. You can't have an in between. Right, and that's what yeah. we talked about earlier. How Switzerland? Why isn't law that you have to own a gun? What? Yeah, but that's a, an assault Did, rifle, right? But I guess that's even more fucked up. <laughs> everyone owns an assault rifle everyone in Sweden. And, no, in, in Switzerland. As part what, of their, their defense house? policy. Yeah. Because it's yeah. like this weird... Do you remember we were talking about how they're all like secret tunnels and they're just like jacked up to the... Oh, mind? yeah. And all their tu- all their bridges are set to go. Yeah. And, so, and everyone's worked... Everyone's had service. They've all done military service, so they all know how to use and operate the machine gun they have wow. in their house. Mm. That but country's what ha- like... what happened in Australia, right, is that after the Martin Bryant incident, the Port Arthur Massacre, you can Google it yourselves. I won't put it in the show notes. But uh, uh, they banned anyone from owning semi-modic semi-automatic rifles uh, pretty much uh, and well I guess you know and just millions of guns were just destroyed like you know and yeah, there was a the buyback news. scheme wasn't there yeah, yeah. They, the government they bought them back they, they, and they, they swapped them. you a knife for a gun I yeah. think a big bayonet <laughs> a bowie or something you and either I, get that or the value of your gun in Chico rolls yeah. and meat pies it was your choice it was a fair scheme. I think everyone could agree. And, you know, I, I, we haven't had any uh, terrible shooting incidents in there. I mean, people can still get a hold of handguns or shorn off shotguns from stealing from people who have licenses and stuff like that. But uh, it, it, we don't seem to have that many gun incidents, but who knows? Oh, I mean, like Fred said, you know, if, there, if you really want to do something like that, you'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know, if but you, you would if have you're... to steal it from the police or the army. Yeah, well, you, you know, or you 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 mm-hmm. construct pipe bombs, or you'd you know you'd do if you really wanted to kill a bunch of people, you'd figure mm-hmm. it out. You, you know, there's so many ways to do it. Mm-hmm. 
you could even just hop in your car and drive through like the center of town just plowing people down you know you could if you want to kill people you'll figure it out but i think that you know these big incidents these well these massacres that occur are horrific yeah. but you look at like you know the daily um shootings that happen in in the u.s um you know from people that aren't necessarily uh you know homicidal on the level that these um these people that act out these massacres are but they're just desperate people that um get pushed to the edge and you know shoot one person yeah and you know but that happens every day there's hundreds of people and it's And it's an epidemic, you know, and that person who got shot, you know, they're a dad or, or they're someone's mum or... But or, would, those you know, this, people, would those people still just kill that person with a knife or... I don't think something? so, you know. They, they might have stabbed them, but they might not die or, mm, yeah. you know, if they, if they don't have access to a handgun that's going to blow a hole through someone's face, then they're probably less likely to do something that crazy. I mean, you know, you kind of get a crazy confidence when you have a weapon and... Mm. Um, yeah. But then once you've got all those weapons in a country, how do you remove them? I mean, I know in Australia we had the buyback policy and it was really extensive, but you know, there are just so many weapons in the states. But you can't. It's how it's do you intru- disarm a you country? Can't. It's it's specifically written down in their constitution that you can't take their guns from them. So mm. you So what do you do? You just you you can't. Can you rewrite but, the constitution? But could we do you what we did in Australia and have a buyback scheme? Yeah, but but I then mean, you only buy it off the people that aren't going to kill yeah. people. Yeah, <laughs> and you just send it underground, right? Yeah, this is true. I mean, that's a, you know that's one of the huge things about um, you know the arms tra- uh, the the drug trade um, on the borders with, between Mexico and the US. You know, like all the all that um, the gang violence that occurs south of the border with um, drug gangs murdering each other, killing each other, all the innocents. I mean, those guys are. Uh, are run like military units and they're armed like military units by with weapons from the US you know yeah. so that you know that sort of violence trickles down into other cultures as well that, that why don't attitude. they limit the supply of ammunition like everyone's only allowed to own one bullet you can have as many guns as you want but you have one bullet and that's you use to defend yourself you keep it in your purse no Hmm. I'm just doing some maths. No. Apparently, according to my calculation I just did then, if there's five murders per 100,000 people in the US in a year, which is their murder rate, and there's 300, 300 million US people, that's 15,000 people a year murdered, which is 41 people a day. That's a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of people. But is that more than Australia? Uh, I don't know what. The, I think the homicide rate in Australia has got to be less than that. I know we don't have as many gun deaths, at least per capita. Uh, anyway, uh, my advice is: that, I mean, this is a risk you take with every country. There's give and take. Like, if you come to Australia, you might get in by a shark. So that's true. Uh, but hot the, tip: stay out of the water. Yeah, you'll be aces, mate. Have you yeah. guys seen? They wanted to make those little beach pools. On the beaches, like no. rock pools like in the ocean. I thought that was a really good idea. They've got them over east. Mm. Yeah. They oh, work so. really well. And apparently Bondi Beach has got a net so the sharks don't get in or something. Oh. I don't know if that's true. Yeah, you, you, can, you can put shark nets between capes. They work. Well, I think, that, you know, that pile at Condoslow, wasn't that originally for a shark net that never they never ended up keeping? Oh. I don't know. I don't know. Mm. A listener might be able to let us in. 
Uh, but yeah, guns kind of are scary. And yeah, guns freak me out. When I got to yeah. in the first time I went to um, to France and I arrived by train to the um, into Paris, um, that was really the first time I'd seen guns. I guess yeah. the guards um, have. Machine guns, right? Yeah, yeah, not, and I, not just. I noticed the exact same thing. Yeah, like yeah. I've, you know, like our police have hand. But they're guns. not police, aren't they? Well, I don't know. Is Jean, it military? Gendarme or whatever. I don't know. Jean Claude Van Damme. I think they <laughs> are. But um, I, and I got really nervous, and I felt really uh, panicky, and so that was my introduction yeah. to France. I, I just felt like, holy shit. And I kept, you know, like, all these guards are patrolling and pacing, and they kept walking past me, and I, they kept, you know, emerging from the crowds with guns, and I was just like, oh, it was giving me really, like, I was getting quite anxious about it all. I don't know why. I just guess I'd never, I'd get, I'd never seen guns before. And so it really kind of stressed me out. Um, mm. Mm. So, yes, guns freaked me out. Freaked me out big time. Um, yeah. Glad I don't live in a gun place. Oh. Um, yeah, another risk you take if you move to Australia, um, Medicare, government, government, um, funded healthcare, mm. you'll risk getting that. Yeah. Yes, be careful. Um, be careful. Yeah. Cause you might find yourself in hospital getting fixed if you're broken. Mm. Um, still no gay marriage over here. Yeah. So it's a bit Can't of, a, that is a bit of a downer. We're kind of racist as a general group. Pretty racist country. Dumb, drunk and racist, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. pretty... So, um, but if you're from the US, you'll probably be okay. Yeah. I say that kind of with if a you're question white. mark at the end. Oh, even if you're black and from the US, I think you'll be okay. No, I remember Remember Lawrence Fishburne when he was filming The Matrix used to talk about how everyone used to oh. stare at him because he's like the only black guy you would see. Because he's Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, it's probably... <laughs> But it's true, there are very few um, black people in Australia, I guess. Because mm. we didn't import them en masse 200 years no, ago. No, we had our own localised right, slave right. labour. Yeah. <laughs> that's why. We brought in white people. Um, we were built on white slaves. Here's another fun fact. I did some other maths. Australia's murder rate is about 1.16 per 100,000, mm-hmm. which is about 220 people a year because we've got a lot smaller population. It's still one every two days someone's getting murdered in Australia. But per capita, that's lower? It's about a fifth of the US murder rate. Per capita? Yeah. But they have a lot larger population. It's a fi- They have a five times greater murder rate and like a ten times greater population. So they end up with a lot more murders. But that's still a murder every two days in Australia. Someone's stabbing someone else. Oh. Wow. Fun facts. No, Jake, trying to put in we probably didn't solve your problem, but... What about moving um, to Canada? Isn't that close? That's like the Australia of the North, right? Yeah, yes. move to Canada, people. Oh. If you're in the US and you're getting the heebie-jeebies about your freaky They don't country. have sharks in Canada, but it is cold. They got moose. Hmm. They probably kill more people than sharks. There probably are sharks, year. but no one swims, right, because it's too cold. Moose do kill an extraordinary moose number of people. Moose kill a yeah. fuckload of people. Yeah, this is true. Uh, is that because you hit Canada's, in your yeah. car and then you die? Yeah. I think they also attack campers. Okay. I think they're pretty aggressive when they're in Oh, they have polar bears probably as well. They kill a lot of people. They might. They'd have wolverines. Mm. But they, they have them in America have... as well, though. Oh, do they? 
Uh, what else have they got in Canada? Bears, all sorts bears. of bears. Oh, bears! I'll get you. Fuck yeah. Um, rub yourself in honey before you go to bed. If mm. you're in the woods, we got koala bears. Drop bears, they'll fuck you up. Yeah. So this tiefling three thousand isn't. So is this the next bit of fan mail? Well, yeah. Okay. So for uh, we got a suggestion from our fans for uh, lyrics interpretation corner. Oh, and, I totally uh, misinterpreted the lyrics interpretation fan mail. Okay. Well, I, I'll read out what I he think. says. Tiefling 3000 writes, While driving from Kununurra to Broome, uh, they're two towns in the north of Western Australia, uh, on the Gib River Road, that's an awesome road up there, we listen to two significant things, your podcast and Blondie's Atomic. W2F is that all about? WTF. Shall we look up Blondie's Atomic? Yeah, I reckon. Is that an album or a song? It's a song. Your hair is beautiful. Um, In a funny turn of events, I did see that message that we got. Mm. And then yesterday, my partner was singing that song, that lyric to my son. And I said, what's that song? And she said, uh, it's a Blondie Atomic. And, and did you ask like, her what it meant? Well, I know what that means. Your hair is beautiful. All right. I think. That's all she was singing. But then I thought, oh my so God. I what? interpreted that as in, we listen to your podcast and Blondie's Atomic. What the fuck is that all about? As in your podcast. As in, what the fuck's going on? Anyway. <laughs> like, you guys are a bunch of weirdos. But we okay. also want to know what the hell Atomic is all about. Uh-huh. Make me tonight. Tonight. Make it right. I don't... Uh-huh. Make me tonight. 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 Uh-oh. Make it magnificent. Tonight. Right. Oh. Ah. Oh, your hair is beautiful. Ah, tonight. Tonight. Make it magnificent. Oh, no, 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 no. Ah, tonight. Atomic, Fred. You've missed out the key line. Sorry. Ah. Oh, ah, your tonight. hair is beautiful. Ah, tonight. Atomic. Is that how it goes? I don't so know. Weird. I don't know. So, I don't know how some nah, goes. You, so can't inter- you can't interpret that. It's uninterpretable. But she could literally be talking about hair. Oh, atomic. Oh, atomic. So she's worshipping atomic? I don't know. Or is she saying, oh, it is atomic. Oh. Like, oh, what other sort atom- of um, adjectives could no, be? So you've heard getting- the song. Have you heard I'm the song, inter- Cam? Well, not that I can remember, no. My interpretation is she's getting ready to go out and she's talking about her own hair. She's psyching herself up in front of the mirror. Oh, okay. Come on, read it again. Uh-huh. Make me tonight. Tonight. So she's like, make me the night tonight. Make it right. Uh-huh. Make me tonight. Tonight. And she's like, oh, your hair is beautiful. She's standing in front of the mirror, putting her makeup on. But reviewing, I haven't actually, I haven't actually ever heard this song. So. This it classifies as fair use, right, if we're reviewing a song? So I can play it a bit, maybe? Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. I, well, that's I don't right. think Blondie's listening, but if she is... That's enough, James. Okay. It's kind of getting a bit... Sorry. Yeah. Um, 
I'm sticking by my original interpretation. She's doing her hair in front of the makeup. She's doing her makeup in front of the mirror, I mean. Maybe. There's not really a lot of meat in these lyrics me to these try lyrics. and interpret. Yeah. Uh-huh, make me tonight, tonight. It's make no, it right, uh-huh. It's make no it, make inner me circle, tonight, that's for sure. Tonight. Uh, uh-huh, make it magnificent tonight, right. Ah, uh, oh, your hair is beautiful. Ah, uh, tonight, Atomic. Tonight, make it magnificent tonight. Make me tonight. Your hair is beautiful. Oh, tonight, Atomic. Oh, Atomic, oh. Oh, Atomic, oh, Atomic, oh. So maybe she's in the mirror. She's... Do you think she's masturbating? <laughs> in the mirror? She Probably. Yeah. You can't rule it out, that's for sure. Well, I mean, there's no evidence to the contrary. It gets, seems to get more orgasmic towards the end. There's more mm. O's and just yelling out Atomic. I mean, the last yeah. six lines are O tonight and Atomic. Atomic, Atomic, and then she, that, yeah, that's the orgasm. She's coming. All right, well, that's two interpretations. That's down. James says I think she's it's sorted. flicking the bean. I still think she's doing her hair in front of the mirror. Campbell, what sexist thing can you come up with that Blondie's doing? <laughs> Oh, look, I just agree with both of those <laughs> things. I think Blondie's definitely doing something. I like to think of Blondie doing all of those things. <laughs> Cast Corners. The Mad Lies of Hulk Hogan. Fred, have you read this? I haven't read it yet. <laughs> well, that's Campbell's Corner done, I guess. Done. done. Um, I don't think I've got anything else to add. Uh, what's new this week? I guess your dog thing was kind of your corner. Yeah, I guess. Um, and I think we put that dog to slurrest. <laughs> <laughs> Would you want to learn the phonetic language, asked Fred. I just added that then. You know, if you go on to say, for example, Wikipedia, mm-hmm. and you look up whatever, it has the pronunciation in that crazy script. Oh, mm. that thing. I so should if you, probably if use... You, if you knew that, you could speak... You wouldn't know what you were talking about. But you could read any language fluently. If it had been written out in if the phonetic language. If it had written language. in the phonetic language. Or you could do any accent, any text in any accent if it was written out in that phonetic language. Ooh. I'm just saying that might be a useful skill. Yep. Yeah. I'm just mean, learning how to say but you know what, even Frank, English you know words. What? I was taught in primary school. <laughs> yeah, but you school. could do anything. Anything. Yeah? What, James? I was taught that phonetic language in primary school. Oh. You know that phonetic language. And I, I ignored it because I thought it was stupid. And so now I'm hopeless at those things. <laughs> so you know. don't know any of it? I remember hating that, doing, ha- learning, ha- having to... I'm sure you guys would have had the same curriculum. Cri- 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 no, no one's teaching that phonetic language in primary school. Remember the funny letters you know like the A and E joined together? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's we like were definitely that- taught that in primary school. And in, f- I, in fact, both of my... I went to two primary schools and I both... We had to learn it both, so I I would have started learning it in, like, year three or four or something. Oh! So you flew Maybe. in? Hmm. No, was, I didn't. Would, it's one of those things I just ignored, you know? Would you go back in time Would you've paid more attention so you would know it? You'd have Possibly. Like, oh, other things I didn't. I ignored was, like, I don't even know what a semi- semicolon is. That's a half-ass colon. No one needs to know what that is. Um, now, because I'm like, I feel like I should be using it in my writing. But just look it up. Yeah, you're not. You can learn things still, James. Yeah, it's, it's not too late. Yeah, high school. but it's the context that's lost. <laughs> I've gone past that point in my life where I can. I could sit you down in a little plastic chair I can, and tell you. I what can a memorize. I could probably go and memorize the definition in Wikipedia, but implementing it is a whole nother matter. 
Yeah. Well, I could I could put together some worksheets and teach you all about yeah. how to um, properly Im- how to properly input a colon. Really? How um, much does that cost? Oh, look, I don't know. Lessons on getting into colons. Um, <laughs> but I want a semicolon though. I can use normal colon. No, you're not into the full colon. Just the tip. Just the, no, I already know how to use it. <laughs> just that. half, half yeah. a colon. It's the half colon. That's the problem. Oh. Is that a medical thing or is that... <laughs> uh, in my corner, I went past this lake, drove past this lake near Norseman called Lake Cowan, and it took my breath away. It's like, I guess, a salt lake, but it's more... The surface is more brown... But it's really Ooh, nice. kind of, um, but it's not like an exact color. I guess because the surface probably got, it's a salt lake, so it's got shimmery salt on top. It's like you're going into this valley and you're looking at this ocean because it's so vast and there's like uh, peninsulas of, you know, the traditional red WA rock going out in the distance and stuff like that into it, but there's a completely dry lake bed that's completely flat. And it's just weird seeing a surface in nature that is just so perfectly flat and you're driving into it. And, you know, we didn't have time to stop and take photos. And even then, a photo wouldn't do it justice. I almost want to drive back by myself and just stare at it for ages because it's just so weird. Um, but, yeah. You should make a yeah. film there, James. Yeah, but I'm almost like, I don't want to walk out on it because as soon as you put footprints on it, it would ruin the effect because it's so perfect. The what's, this, what's this lake called? Lake Cowan? Yeah, it's like massive, you know. You go, you drive past just one side of it and you just see it for like 30 seconds as you're driving past. And I was just like, I thought I'd stop breathing. Like, you know, I had forgotten how like to Like when you drive it. past a graveyard and you have to hold your breath? Yeah. Is that, a, is that real? Or you go over railway tracks and you have to lift your feet off lift the bottom. Lift your feet floor. off, yeah. Oh dear! What do you what do you think the origin? I mean, I can I can I can I can understand the origin of the graveyard thing, but what do you reckon the train tracks thing is? Don't know. Maybe because like in some countries they have a third rail that's electric, and people are scared they might get electrified. You'd have to like jump off the whole car. Yeah. Yeah, but it might that might be. That what about cars, right? Have you seen those cars that have little rubber bands that hang yeah, off the, the back? Yeah, what the fuck is that? Static yeah. discharge. From what? Work? For what? I think. Uh, this is un- unsubstantiated fact. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is what the, the best kind. Yeah. <laughs> Get ready, Cable's listener. No, I heard, and this may be a synthesis of two separate things. That If you've got like a, 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 an electrically, electrically sensitive object in your body, like a pacemaker... You don't want to get oh. you don't want to get large electric shocks because it might blow it up, or I, maybe you just I don't want very much static electricity. So basically, that flap is supposed to ground the car so that it doesn't build up. So there's probably a bit of metal in there somewhere, mm. so it doesn't build up charge, so you don't get electric shocks as uh, as often. I heard, and this is like what well, this is love. I heard, and this may be an urban myth, but that it, it's they people put it on there to reduce uh, car sickness. Oh, that sounds like the dodgiest. Mm. Anyway, I'll say that. Should Put we that fact there. check it? You know what? You know what the listeners should do? If we get something Oops. wrong, they should mail us and we'll talk about it in our listener mail segment. We love listener well, mail. Well, I love listener mail. I can't yeah. get enough. We love, being, we love being proven wrong. That's one thing we love. Oh, I, I do. Hmm. I'm happy to be proven wrong. Yeah. Yep. So am I. I'm always open to being incorrect. 
I've had to get um, used to it over the years. Speaking of listener mail, we one thing we actually asked for on listener mail was for people to give a we we gave our question of the week this week to uh, out we put it out there without answering to see if we get some other listeners to um, write their answers so we could share it along with our own. And uh, do we want to? What's this? Sorry. Oh, hold on. Is this, an, is this the answer to the question of the week? Oh, hopefully we'll get an answer. Go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Go to bed. Did you hear that? You heard that. Bed. Okay. <laughs> Fred, take your call outside. <laughs> <Pardon>? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Excuse me. I think someone needs a bedtime story. All right. Sorry, James. What were you going to say? James, are you there? I was just disappointed that none of our listener mail was answering our, our question of the week. What was the question of the week? I can't remember now. What if it turned out the person you loved oh, admitted yeah. to being post-op transgender? Yeah, that's right. No one answered. No. Oh, should we just leave it open no, for another week? Thing. Sorry about that. Surely our number one fan would answer. But no. The number one fan's going to bed. <laughs> no. Did she answer the question of the week, Fred? What's the question of the week? What if it turned out the person you loved admitted to being post-op transgender? Uh, I don't think she has. She, I didn't ask her. She didn't contact uh. me, so... Hmm. Okay. Are we answering it? Or yep. is we still... Fred, what's nah. your answer? Mm, I choose not to answer. Why? I'm only going to answer Campbell questions Campbell answers from now on. That's my new rule. Oh, right. Okay, Campbell has to go first. <laughs> oh, I have to go first, do yeah, I? Because he always, he always dropped the moral bomb at the end. Yeah, ever since you... Anyway. Ever yeah. since what? Nothing. Which which moral bomb did I drop? You just had this good sense to stay quiet one time, and I didn't. <laughs> and then I got into trouble. <laughs> oh, so if you're, ba- if you're out, I'm out. If you're in, I'm in. Oh, look, for me, I think that the, the, the... I think more surprising would probably be uh the de- not the deception but the um the illusion of it i guess you'd give the doctor some pretty oh no no i don't sorry i don't mean that it would be more like oh you didn't tell me kind of thing would be a bit surprising that's true that's true um but i think i'd be okay with it i well i probably would be okay with it i don't see why it would be a problem really just be a bit of a deception thing that you might have to work through. Why would you hide that from me? Yeah, a bit of a trust issue thing, but... But then she would be saying, well, I'm not deceiving because I think I am a female, you know? Yeah, she no, I understand that. She believes that she's that. a female. It's yeah, not a lie I think if that... you believe it. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I comprehend all that. So, no, But it's I still th- a lie. Still she a... wasn't born a female. Well, it's still a bit of a withhel- withholding of certain information. Yeah. What was your childhood like? Oh, you know? Yeah. Typical stuff. <laughs> had a pair of balls back then. Yeah, you know, so... But I don't think it would be a huge issue, really. What... what if you, let's say you stayed together. Would you mm. start talking about boys' issues back when you were little? Like, uh, when, when did you first, you know, have a wet dream kind of thing? Or, oh, I don't know. Or something like that? Like, something that's only boys would deal with when they're younger? Mm, that's a good question. How would well, you mean, how would you relate to that, uh, your loved ones? Yeah, would you discuss identity? about their past or would you have to erase that, 
the period of time before they mm. changed sex from their lives that related it all to sex. Was this a pre or post pubescent thing? Were they, how long do they spend as the opposite gender? It's up to you. Oh, is it? <laughs> huh, that's an interesting question, James. I don't know. Hmm. But yeah, I guess it obviously depends on the person, but whether you know, yeah, and whether they'd be comfortable talking, or whether I'd want to know anything about that. Yeah, mm. would you? Would you? Okay, we obviously can't know that person's answer, but would you be curious to ask questions about their pre-op life? Maybe some questions, maybe not. A, well, obviously, you'd probably talk because I think obviously they stuff. obviously they obviously they wouldn't have been very happy. I guess in yeah, that, you know, like they would have felt some sort of restriction. So asking them about those restrictions might be a bit mm. a bit touchy. Um, I don't know, Fred. I've answered. Um, the floodgates are open. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I guess if you never knew, then you could never really complain about it after they told you. You know? You mean, if it was all right before, yeah. why wouldn't it be all right after? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. You know, if you love someone... But then it's like, well, what if they admitted they murdered people? Not that I'm saying it's the same thing, but... Oh, yeah, you just mean a surprising secret was revealed. Yeah. That was withheld from you. Yeah, I guess I'd say both can. I would be unimpressed that it was withheld from me. I'd take it on a case-by-case basis. James? Um... Well, okay, so there's only three girls that I've ever, like, really liked. And one of <laughs> and them... how many turned out to be post-genitressed? <laughs> one of them, <laughs> after some time, like, after I'd fallen, you know, head over heels, I, I found out that she was a Docker supporter. That's a let That would be quite surprising. Uh, and if, if... Are you playing one true three? No. <laughs> Um, but uh, if for people who don't live in West Australia, Dockers, there's a team, a football team called the Fremantle Dockers, and um, they're kind of like I don't know. Some people think of them as underdogs. Some people kind of think of the losers of the state. Um, and, and I'm sort of morally opposed because I think when they got the license to play in AFL, there were other the better teams that should have got the license. But uh, so I. I is that why you don't like the Dockers? Yeah, that, that's why, yeah. I but mean, who do you think should have gotten it then? Perth? Like, why Perth. isn't there a Perth team in the AFL? Ah, uh, okay. There's a million people in Perth, there's 100,000 people in Fremantle. Like, it's. I don't know. Oh, um, well, I always thought of West Coast as a Perth team. Yeah, so did I. No, I mean, you go to the football, ask the people around you where they're from, they're all from the country. Like, it's a sort of a state team, but most people. I know more Dockers supporters than Eagles supporters because Fremantle's sort of become the Perth team because, you know, West Coast has been sold out. You know, their membership's been sold out for the last 20 years and they're all taken up by people who live outside of Perth, really. Um, Well, you know, a significant amount of people. So, um, anyway, that's, that's not interesting to other people, but... Basically, I am really morally opposed to the Dockers, and I. One of my deal breakers is, you know, I've got a couple of deal breakers, girls, and. Uh, one of them is being a Docker supporter. Are you serious? That's very shallow, isn't it, James? No, it's just we just wouldn't. I just know we wouldn't get along, like. Um. And uh, and I, I, she didn't deceive me at all. I just never asked the question, and I think when I first met her. 
she like she was a bit of a fair weather fan so that obviously the dockers weren't doing that well at all so she didn't talk about it and then like i think maybe i found out when they were in the finals just like oh yeah i got you know tickets to the finals i was, like, I was devastated like i think it'd be a similar thing where i'm like it's not something that you know you'll be you just i'll get weirded out by i was weirded out by the fact she was a docker supporter like how could this person like the dockers you know so um, which would be more weird? So I'm trying to relate this back to the question where it would be weird. I find it hard to deal with, but if I truly love the person, I would probably get over it. So are you saying Docker supporting is a deal breaker or not a deal breaker? As in when I, if when I met them, it's a deal breaker, right? And that's, but that's not the question. Like, obviously, I think uh, maybe we can put this question back to you guys, but if you met someone and they told you right up front, like on the first date that they were post-op transgender, would that be a deal-breaker for you guys? Probably. Probably. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But if you if this is... The question is, like, once you've found out and it's, you know, you, you maybe they've deceived you or maybe you just never asked the question from the start, you know? <laughs> I don't think you can pull that. Be like, well, you never asked if I was a post-op transgender. Yeah. Because that's not really something you would ask. Imagine that. Mm. Hi, honey. We need to talk. Are you or were you ever a man? Mm. But, I mean, if the relationship's been consummated and you weren't able to tell up until that point, then, you know, they've obviously got the goods So uh, in that department. And then if you like them, you know, their personality already, obviously, there's not much to lose. Okay. All right. <laughs> now, did one of you guys prefer a one, two, three? Uh, no, Fred was going to do it this week. I think. No, I didn't do it this week. Okay. I don't think it's going to work because I was trying to think of things that happened to me that mm. you guys don't know about, and either you know about them or they're too personal. So I don't think this. It's we. I think we all know each other too well for it to work. Like Campbell busted your one because you'd already told him, mm. and I couldn't think of anything that I'd done which I hadn't really told we're, him. We're all too intimate with one another. Yeah. So what if, if I told I you I was post-op? Whoa. It's okay. Whoa. You could be pre-op. <laughs> Aren't we all pre-op though? You never yeah. know. You might wake up one day and just go... Well, you're either pre or post, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. One or the other. Yeah. But you're not necessarily transgender. No. I read an article about... And now here's some uh, misty information. I can't remember what it's called, but it's this sort of uprising of people who identify as, I guess, trans people but trans in all sorts of different ways. So we've sort of become used to hearing about, or I guess desensitized or welcoming and acknowledging of people who feel that they were born of, um, or whose gender identity is other than their biological identity. Yeah. So, you know, biological men who identifies women and biological women who identifies men. <clears throat> but then there's this, there's this whole uprising of people, I guess, on the internet, or they are mm. on the internet, who identify as all sorts of other things. You mean like they think they were dragons and stuff? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but that's just bullshit, right? Well, they're just nuts. Is it? Yeah. Is it are you saying that pre-op, post-op transsexuals are just nuts that they want to change sex? 
but no, we just but have can, the, we just have the science to do that. I what can, if we had the science to turn these people into no, dragons? I, yeah. I understand that that for some weird biological reason, you might have been born with the bits or the brain chemistry of the opposite gender, and it doesn't feel right. And that's fair enough. You want to change, but no one's being born a little bit. Little bit dragon. <laughs> <laughs> so, what about the dragonborns? That's exactly what they are. <laughs> but this, so, uh, real, so I was reading about some of them, and some of them, um, you know, they identify as as morbidly obese people, but they're not. <laughs> That's a bit stupid. <laughs> some of them identify. That, don't we know someone like that? A certain um, lives in Sydney. Always oh, maintained to be yeah. fat in a skinny body or a skinny... You know, well, fat there was body. that. There were different people. There was skinny and skinny, fat in skinny, skinny and fat, and yeah. then fat in fat. Yeah. yeah. So, he, he had this concept of body dimorphism, Inter- an, internal, an internal and an external body. Do you think um, that maybe that was a metaphor for what he was going through at the time? Maybe. Maybe. But some of these people identify as um, being disabled. So, their identity <laughs> is like... Of a deaf person, but they're not hearing impaired, or their identity is of a paraplegic, ah, but they're a bit not. Bullshit. So, and then they start talking about the oppression that they feel yeah, in their everyday lives, see. being able-bodied, but having the identity of like. Isn't that what like deaf people person. cut off their legs because they're into amputeeism? That is, yeah. That I think that's because they. I could mean, just that's part of it. Their ears out, couldn't they? You can actually the become it. Thing. You could just eat a shitload. Yeah. And then there's people that are like, yeah, like, uh, think that they're yetis and things. Yeah, but they're, or just, identify. they're all nuts. All of them. Because I used to just call that playing make-believe. Yeah. Where you'd pretend you were a cowboy or you'd pretend you were something. Because, yes, it sounds like fun. But these people are taking it quite seriously. Yeah, but yeah see, that's why I think that's just nuts, right? But do you think, you know, our, our kids' generation, when they're in their 20s, it'll just be normalised. And we'll be these crotchety old men going... Oh, that's crazy. People want to be dragons. Just like, you know, two generations ago, it was crazy to, like, turn into a woman or whatever. And now it's kind of normal. No, but that... uh, Maybe... My look, my initial still, response not, was that's crazy yeah, and ridiculous. But ridiculous. then I started thinking, am I just trying to oppress these people because it's different no, and new? Some people and need, I don't understand. Some people it. need oppressing. That sounds a bit ridiculous. But like, if it's a if it's a ridiculous idea, like they're being childish. I don't know. Like I said, if they were really, if they were doing more than moaning about it on the internet. <laughs> I'd maybe believe them. <laughs> James, if it's just James, someone who's like, I'm a dragon on the internet. I'm a dragon on the internet. <laughs> no. I mean, they should play World of Warcraft then. Yeah. Actually be a dragon. James, do you have any? Do you identify like, as something that you're not? I'm a mouse. You know, so I'm really Do you identify as a Dockers fan when really you're an Eagles <laughs> fan? And- uh, I mean, sometimes, I don't know, I, I, I will stare at a door and I'll put my hand up and try and open it. As if I have the force, <laughs> like I'm a Jedi or something like that. That's not oppression. So does that count? So you think you're a normal a Jedi? No, but I well, thought maybe if I test. actually dedicated my life to being celibate and following the ways of the force, maybe I would develop the, that power. But you know. Yeah, it's like I was talking about last week, how I was going to try and 
kill that fish. Kill my goldfish by storing it for 24 hours. Oh, can we have an update? No, I haven't tried it yet. (laughs) I haven't even been thinking mean thoughts. I totally forgot. So I have to write it on my hand, be mean to fish, and then I can go back home and like get on the steering Oh, look, we should turn this into a segment. What's the status for it? Have you killed this fish? (laughs) Has Um, Fred killed his fish corner? Just call it mind power or something like that. You can try and open doors. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we'll do it. We should do that psychic test they do on Ghostbusters one day. With the cards? Yeah, so who's the most psychic? Mm. Um, Statistically, we'd all be equally psychic. Yeah, but one person might be more psychic than the other. Slightly more. You'd have to do a whole bunch of experiments. Have you guys seen the documentary Super High Me? James, you probably know it all about I've heard about it. Yeah, I haven't seen it, though. Yeah. What is it? Yeah, it's like Super Size Me, but what happens, right? Um, it's this guy who's like a real stoner, this comedian, and basically he has been smoking weed pretty much every day for years, you know, 10 years or something like that, and he's a stand-up comedian, and then he has to go 30 days, no weed, mm. and they do some tests on him and stuff, and then he has to do 30 days getting stoned basically all the time. And see what... And then they do some series of tests on him. So they do IQ tests, they did a test of his psychic ability, that's why mm. I was thinking about it. And he scored way higher in the psychic ability test when he was stoned. Oh. And his breathing lung capacity and his intellectual capacity was essentially the same. Except for his mathematical skills when he was high went way downhill. I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast yesterday. I had this guy on who's just nuts about DMT or whatever it's called. And he was talking oh. about how he reckons taking DMT is like a portal to other universes and stuff like that. And he was going on about meeting a dragon, and like he he met a dragon when he went through the portal from taking DMT. And apparently, Australia's acacias have the, the some of the strongest doses of DMT in them. So we should get into it. Really? Yeah. I mean, we shouldn't do that. Oh no! Stay away <laughs> from that. You're in the middle of the bush, James. Can't you go on some spirit quest with an acacia bush? Yeah, maybe. Really. I don't know how... I would have to Google how to process it and then that would require internet near the bush, I guess. Couldn't you Google it now? Yeah, well, Fred I'm using all my it. internet time. Doing I'm poker. literally already Googling it. Fred's <laughs> on to it. Um, so you guys are going to start a psychic corner, are you? <laughs> Maybe. You guys should start working on that psychic live TV show that they've got. You know that mm. channel where you can ring up? Damn. You know what? That's Speaking of corners, we should get into our most explosive corner that's just taken the world by storm. Explosive diarrhea corner? Yeah. The feminism corner. Has it taken the world by storm? I think so. Like, I I, I'm so. thinking, you know, all the people who have started draft uh, listener mail, um, but saved it to the drafts because they haven't finished it or they're just putting it in a drawer to save it for another time. It's all about feminism corner, I'm sure. Yeah, you reckon? Yeah. Uh, so, I've been watching this co- show, this English comedy show called Fresh Meat. And uh, one, one of the, the things that that they were trying to do, they had one character and he had a group of friends who was trying to sort of take back the word rape and sort of turn it into like, you know, it's a like something that's cool, like... You know, people say, oh, that's sick, or that's fat, you know, back in the day when something was cool. Okay, it was he's like, trying to flip fat. it, is he? Yeah, he's trying to flip it. He's like, oh, you know, that's so rape. 
and is, when you're saying that's so rape, it means it's so awesome. And I'll put a clip in the sh- in the show notes from YouTube. But, yeah. Um, and this coincided with uh, a big eruption on the internet with some comedian called Daniel Tosh, uh, uh, sort of uh, uh, was doing a comedy set on stage. I I, I haven't fully read this because I had spotty internet. Um, but he uh, and you know listeners love when we talk about stuff that we know about. And uh, but I think he was being heckled and uh, on stage, and so and it was a female was heckling, and he started joking to the female heckler like, "Wouldn't it be cool if you just got raped right now?" And she turned out to be some you know semi-famous blogger who wrote a big article about how rape is just not funny. And of course, there's been various responses like. Louis C.K., and I'll put this link in the show notes, came out um, asking uh, the question, have a comedy and feminism enemies? Uh, and what do you guys think, guys? Is a comedy oh, and feminism enemies? Oh, probably feminism and misogynist humour is probably enemies. Yeah. Yeah, but isn't feminism and misogynist anything enemies? Yeah. So if you're going to start pointing to women and saying, that they should be raped, then yes, f- I guess feminism's probably your enemy. But I think most people would be his enemy because you really shouldn't tell people to rape women. Yeah, yeah. Um, he sounds like a bit of a dick. Mm. I mean, sometimes I say stupid things too, but I don't have like a TV show. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Did you guys, what did you guys think about the, the what's the guy, J- Tracy Jordan from 30 Rock? He got in trouble for, uh, in a comedy set saying that if he found his, uh, found out his son was gay, he would shoot him or something like that. Yeah, I mean, that's I think pretty that was awful. was taken out of context, wasn't it? It, it seemed to me, but. Like, and then he was all like, hey, no, I'm not homophobic. I got it. Some of my best friends are gay. Hmm. But obviously we one, bill ourselves we? as like a comedy podcast that's offensive. Um, well, you bill us as well, offensive. Yeah. <laughs> but where do we... Is there lines to be drawn? Or if we're just going to talk, should we just talk and... Uh, well, I think we just talk. And then if something's inappropriate, we, call we don't it respond out. to it. We give the international <laughs> cut them off sign to each other. Yeah. Um, or Fred, who just wants a disclaimer at the start of each episode, saying this reflection's... The comments don't reflect my employers or something like that. They don't. No, they're not even representative <laughs> of my own personal views. Okay, they so, just represent nothing of no one. Okay, I'm playing a character on the podcast. Is that so? That's kind of what. Yeah, but that was kind of like what Daniel Tosh's argument saying. This is comedy. You know, I'm out to offend everyone. What was not- the rape joke? Was it a joke? Just so yelling, someone, that someone, no, no, no. yelling that someone should get raped isn't a joke. Yeah, no, but my understanding is that there was a heckler. She it heckled heckler. him. So she was abusing him, essentially. Yeah, and he said... This is and the then he from said... The okay, here's the quote. Wouldn't it be funny if that girl got raped like... Uh, sorry. Wouldn't it be funny if that girl got raped by, like, five guys right now? Like, right now. And that's what he nah, said to the heckler. Nah, I mean, it's just a poor... That's just bad comedy. It's not funny. It's a bit offensive. I mean, no. why is would it be? Is it funnier if he'd said instead of rape? If he'd said, you know, if if five guys had had beaten her up, yeah. I mean, is it is it where where's the humor in that? Is the humor in it that she's raped? Is the humor in it that it's five guys? 
Mm. I mean, I just don't, I don't see how that's funny. Mm. I see how that's threatening and abusive. I totally see that. So what if, um, what if, and intimidating as well to have mm. someone on stage who, obviously, hundreds of people have come to see, mm. who all like him in some capacity, and then for him to be instructing members of the audience to rape another member of the audience. I mean, yeah. that would be really scary. I would imagine. Yeah. Um. Okay, so yeah, what it's about, not very witty or anything. Mm. What about just if if it was part of his set and he was talking about rape, but in a comedy set, is it appropriate to to talk about rape in a comedy uh, situation? I mean, I don't. Mm. I mean, I think I think it's kind of a bit of a. Oh, we've discussed this before. I mm. think. I think it's kind of a problematic thing to joke about i think it gets used as a plot device a lot and i think it gets joked about a lot Mm. um in ways that sort of uh undercut the severity of the event Mm. but i guess you know humor is always meant to sort of um foil our attempts at taking something seriously you know, you know, days after the 9-11 attacks, there were jokes about it. You know, it's sort of a human response. But, uh, you know, what you see a lot in, I guess, if we're going to talk about rape jokes, mm. it's not attempts by survivors to discuss and disarm the power of rape. It's mm. um, men using rape to oppress women in joke form yeah. or using rape as a threat or using rape as a sort of a punchline. It's, so it's not like it's not in the same vein as Jews making jokes about the Holocaust. It's more in the, in the way of I don't know, like um, the Aryan League making jokes mm. about the Holocaust. Yeah, I would I would say is the situation. Yeah. Uh, is it? This is something I want to ask you guys. Is it true that if you if you're hanging out with a friend and you find the iPad there and it's logged into your into their Facebook account and you write, or does anyone have, as a status update under their name, uh, does anyone have any tips on how to flush this giant poop I've just done? Because it's stuck. And I've heard that, that doing that is called a frape, like a, a Facebook rape or a friend rape or something like that. Yeah. Is it? Is I've never a- heard that term. Um or is I, I, raping I, I, something I, different? No, raping is a Facebook rape, but it's like... Oh, I've never heard that term. I've, I've always seen people talking about having their account hacked. Because it's a oh, violation okay. of your privacy, so you're getting raped. Yeah. Uh, is it okay to use to, to you know, make, turn the term rape to something as trivial as just having someone post something on your Facebook page? Yeah, because you're not allowed to not use the word. Yeah. Like retard. It's like, it's like, like it's we should like... be able to use the word retard to talk about, you know, something being slow in progress. Uh, like that's yeah. retarded when the government does that. But you know, everyone everyone's just a blanket ban on that word, even though, you know, I, I see it's offensive if you call someone that word. If you call a person that but word, but it actually means offensive. to slow down, right? Yeah, you no. have a retarder belt, yeah. right, or whatever it's called. Yeah, it's a mechanical engineering thing. Yeah, I don't remember what it does. Is there a device used to augment or replace some of the functions of primary friction-based braking systems? Mm. It's a retarder. So, it does... Or, or a retardant. Oh, 
Yeah, or retardant. Nah, you can call people retards. No, you... <laughs> no, but I think if you call someone a, a person a retard, it's offensive. But if but you're, you're talking allowed. about a, a process or an object or a concept, uh, then it, you know... I don't know. But there, should there be a blanket ban on the word? That's the problem. Obviously, in er- you should weigh up every situation on its merits and not just say, hey, all... all Comments about rape should be banned from comedy because it's just not funny, you know. And that's what this woman's saying: is saying, "Is rape ever funny?" Should, should we? I just think if you're making, talking? if your comedy is based on rape, you mm. need to kind of reevaluate. <laughs> yeah, this is very true. That's your shtick. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's feminism corner. Any closing thoughts? <laughs> no. Yeah, less less rape jokes. Yeah. Tweet of the week. This came in from Tarquin Third. Sorry, I'm freaking out about all this interaction we're having with mm. fans. <laughs> in a good way. Sorry, good freaking out. Well, this is one of our new fans, and he says, The first time I listened to you guys, I learned three new words for hand jobs. Bravo. <laughs> I was kind of proud and ashamed of that at the same time. Yeah. Which was, was was this last week when we were discussing about, one true three? Yeah, James. Because you were calling them wristies. <laughs> I was calling them squeezers. I was calling them handies. Handies, and I don't know what the fourth one was. I think there are a lot of yeah, there are a lot of terms flying around. Mm. I mean, you know, and yet that was a narrative about sex sex assault. Almost was it? That yeah. wasn't sexual assault. I don't know. Afterwards, I thought, was that sex? No, assault? she gave someone a hand job. That's the story. That's not sexual right, assault. but she was, we were talking about is it when is it oh, okay cuz so she was drunk. drunk. Yeah. yeah. Was, that's she, what... was she oh, able to give true consent? So, so she's given some guy a hand job and you burst in and go don't she's drunk. Right, has anyway. she is her, is her consent real cuz if she's you know inebriated. Not inebriated, yeah. I don't know. Hmm. It's a difficult question to answer. What do you think about my other story, right? Where uh, the fake ones, the two true ones, the yeah, the, the ones that are supposedly untrue. That uh, um, supposedly the one the where the girl uh, threatens to uh, get herself raped if the guy we doesn't get have off sex the with subject. Of rape. <laughs> I've had, I've actually had a couple of listeners tell ask me to, to have less rape yeah. discussion on the always podcast. talking about rape. Jeff. Well, I think we've I'm banning it. <laughs> This is the last week. This is the last week. Okay, well, then we might as well answer this question. No. <laughs> if, if, she, no. if she threatens to, if, that if, I, if I didn't have sex with her, that she would do something as awful as that, is, is she raping me? No. <laughs> I'm not answering these questions. Jesus Christ. It's like if you said to a vegetarian... You eat, you have to eat this roast chicken, or I'm going to go in the other room and I'm going to kill a live chicken. Yeah, yeah. That's essentially the dilemma, isn't it? Yeah. I guess so, so, what would you do? I don't know. If you guys were in that situation, what would you? Would you have sex with her, or would you let her get raped? Well, I'd prob- well, it depends. I would, and you, I would, and you, and assuming you didn't originally want to have sex with her, I would feign going to have sex with her, and then I would lock her in the room until she sobered up. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. And keep her safe from 
those other people. Okay, that's, that's the last. That's it. That's from now on, ever. there will be no more discussion of rape. Unless on, a listener, unless no, it's in, uh, unless it's in feminist corner or no, or, even feminist. No, corner. okay, no more. Just that's not a subject people want to hear. No, about. yeah, I've I've had lots of people ask me to yeah. stop. Can you edit out all this talk about rape, James? No, we've oh, got to have be most the feminist the cause a pretty important topic at the moment. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Just. Okay. Fine. Less in the future. Less to none. In the future. Uh, do you guys have a vampire of the week? <laughs> <laughs> um, how about in? Um, have you seen? Have you guys seen Bram Stoker's Dracula? Yeah. By Francis Ford Coppola. No. James, you've seen it, haven't you? Uh, Francis Ford Coppola's. Yes. Is it Francis? Ago. Yeah. And I've, I've no. you know what I have watched recently though. Um, like last year, I watched the making of um, of that. Yeah. What did you think? Was it made well? <laughs> well, it was really kind of cheesy. Like I guess it was pre CGI. Pre was it? When was it made? Well, it was it made in the nineties? Wasn't it? Nineties. Yeah, it would have been the. 90s. But I think he wanted to make it like it was like a, a schlock film, didn't he? I. I seem to remember. Talking I think about. he was basing it on all the old Hammer films, mm. which are quite cheesy. So yeah, ninety-two. I think he there was some CGI in it, but he wanted to keep it pretty minimal, and it was more about using makeup effects and stuff like that. And it looked kind of weird, but um, and it made me want to go watch the movie again because the stuff I heard him talk about behind the scenes, but I haven't actually got around to rewatching it because obviously, you know, the first time I probably watched it was probably when I was going through, like, a vampire phase and I just watched everything. Um, but I, you know, I don't even remember it being that memorable, but, yeah. yeah. So that was that. Do you have any thoughts, Campbell? Oh, look, I remember seeing it in um, as a youth mm. and uh, being completely blown away by it, especially the opening sequence mm. with... Um, when he, um, Dracula's sort of in his prime and he's got his red muscle armour on, which is just this incredible piece of um, costuming. And it, it's just unlike anything you've ever seen. It just mm. looked like it looked more science fiction than fantasy um, yeah. or medieval. It was just mind-blowing and totally sets this... And I, then I was quite disappointed when the whole film wasn't set in that time period because then it jumps forward and... Um, and everything's changed. But, mm. yeah, there's this incredible bloody theatrical opening, which is just awesome. Um, but the vampires I wanted to speak about in this film were the three... I think it's the three wives of Dracula mm. who are um, just sort of uh, kept in this room. And I think they eat a baby. I think Keanu Reeves' character kind of comes in and he sees them and he watches them kind of eat a baby or something. And then they hypnotize him and have sex with him. So he has a three-way with these gorgeous uh, vampire women. And one of them is Monica Bellucci. Really? Yeah. In an early role. Um, And obviously she's stunning in it. But they all are. And they all bite him and have sex with him. And So those are my vampires of the week. Mm. I've never done this segment before. So they just just are the vampire of the week? Yep. Yeah, that's those three of them. The three wives of Dracula. Um, and I've got to tell you another thing about that film. Um, There's it's, it's a couple of 
pretty sexy bits in that film. But after seeing that film, I'm not sure what period after, um, I snuck around the side of our my family home and I carved into uh, one of the the wooden fence along there. It must have been with a compass or something. I carved in the word Dracula <laughs> into the wooden fence. And mum must have watched me do it, you know, sneakily and seen me do it. And then later that day she asked me um, that she'd seen... Um, the word Dracula carved into the fence, and if I knew anything about it. And I said, no, it must have been some gang of graffiti kids or something. <laughs> thinking that that was totally, like, believable. And it was small. It was only, like, it must have been small. It must have been no bigger than kind of 15 centimetres along. This wasn't a huge thing. It was, like, 15 centimetres by maybe four centimetres high. And I wonder if it's still there. It must still be there. Dracula. They're always going to freak some people out one day. Yeah, Vampire of the Week. Three wives of three brides of Dracula. Awesome. Mm-hmm. That's a great, great issue of Vampire of the Week. Yes, I thought I'd throw something in there. Now, we- is there anything else? Do we have any other segments? Car news, Fred? Um, no car news this week of mine. No. James, you've got a bit of, you must have some car news. You've been driving a car. Yeah. Um, I'm really getting, I love, I, what I bought that I love is these little iPhone mounts that you can put on your windscreen that use this, these suction cups that are way better. These new su- generation of suction cups are way better than, than the old ones you get as a kid that would stick for like 50 seconds and then stop. They're like really, like have a really slim profile. Have you seen them? I think that I heard someone no. say that they're based on the design of a gecko's foot, uh, toes or something like that. But oh, you know, I have actually read something about that, or I saw something about gecko toe suction pads, and I thought mm. that's a stupid fucking gimmick. Mm. But you're saying it's wicked. Well, yeah. I mean, we have them at work, and sometimes they don't stick. But I wonder because they're because the higher vehicles have been used a thousand times, and they, you know, they lose their shape. But this one, I stick it on, and I had. It's just, it's hard, so hard to get it off. That's what's nuts about it. Uh, that's the only drawback. But, you know, I, it's good because I don't want my um, iPhone, you know, flying around. And I'm like, I'm, you know, mounting it on different parts of the car, on the windows in different parts of the car, so that, um, you know, I can take photos out of it, out of the car as I'm going along. Uh, it's pretty cool. Mm. I don't know if that counts as car news. I took some photos. Oh, oh yeah. I took some photos. I went and saw... I uh, got to see... I went to the Balladonia Museum, right? This is this little um, uh, roadhouse in the middle of nowhere on the, the Nullarbor Plain. And uh, it's where the Skylab crashed down. Uh, that's oh, its, really? It's most famous moment. is uh, It was the center of the world when Skylab crashed because, you know, all the US forces had to come here and take away the secret stuff. And uh, I saw a fragment of Skylab, and uh, so that's why I went into the museum to see the bits of Skylab. And uh, they also had uh, a car from, you know, I'm forgetting the, I don't know where my phone is to check the name of uh, this car races that used to go around Australia. Um and this is before, like, the Nullarbor was sealed. They used to have these races from, like, Adelaide to Perth. And, you know, they were super hardcore. They were kind of like the Dakar rally of the day. Um, 
and the cars used to get absolutely destroyed. And there was some guy called like Jellignite Bill or something whose tactic was to carry a carton of Jellignite around and uh, throw it at competitors if they tried to pass him on the way. And it was just totally... You know, there like was long, wacky races. Well, because it's over side. two thousand kilometers, there's no way of them, you know, having umpires along the way to regulate it. So they just got to all wild medics items. in case you blew someone's yeah. fucking yeah. arm off. I know it was nuts. Uh, it was called the Red X Trials, and I haven't. I only, you know, this is just today that I saw it, so I haven't got time to Google it yet. But uh, if I find any info on the net, I'll post it in the show notes. Um, but apparently they happened all around Australia, but the, the, the Nullarbor one was the most famous and the most hardcore. It was organised by the Australian Sporting Car Club. Sounds pretty cool. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I got a cool picture of one of the cars. And, I, I, well, I don't know if it's a real car or not or if it just, they just brought it in for the museum and painted it with the colours. The world's longest and hardest car trial. Crowd of 200,000 welcome the winners. Hmm. This is a news article from the day I'm reading from. But yeah. Anyway, the Red X trials. That's my car news. Cool. So yeah, thanks for tuning to Fangin' Around. You can find us at fangaround.com. Uh, find the listener mail segment. You can audio bill us, sending us the audio question. You can email us. Uh, email us. You can tweet us. You can Facebook us. Uh, the links are all there. You can also send anonymous uh, messages. There's a little form on the listener mail segment on fangaround.com. Send us anonymous questions. If you're scared of us getting your email and using it for nefarious purposes, you can use that method. Um, but don't be scared to write in. Let us know. Um, give us feedback. Prove us wrong. If you, you know, if you've got something that we we're talking out of our ass about and you've got a beef about it, we'd love to hear. It. Don't be scared. Feel the rhythm. Uh. Uh, Campbell, where can we find you on the internet? CampbellWhite.com. You can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, Facebook. Yeah, check it out. Campbell is an amazing artist. He posts awesome stuff on the internet all the time. All the time. And then if you give me money, I'll post stuff just for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fred, what about you? What are you up to? Can't find me on the internet. Don't try. Okay. SexyFred.com. You know, Fred, on uh, on our web stats, uh, we have a a page that has... uh, uh, a page of our uh, avatars uh, with a name in it so people know which avatar represents who. And guess which one gets the most clicks? Mine? Yeah. By how much? Uh, like four to one. <laughs> oh! Like literally that ratio or literally like four and then... Like, yeah, like, like, I don't know. Six, oh pe- six people have clicked yours and two people have clicked everyone else's kind of thing. I don't know. It's three to one. Oh, yeah. But well, that's not the point. Well, I'm just making up these stats. I'm just. I'm gonna go inflate my estimate. numbers a little bit more. Click it up. Yeah. At the moment, it links to Science for Any Occasion, but maybe we should switch it to your Twitter account. I don't know. I forgot about Science for Any. Oh, account. that was your blog that you used my to maintain. Segment. And it has these awesome it. photos. It's be the new segment. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's some awesome photos in Science for Any Occasion where Fred looks so much like Carl Pilkington. It's not funny, oh, and I. <laughs> I felt like I thought for like a publicity segment we should pretend you're like the Australian Carl Pilkington and be like, yeah, check it out. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week, maybe, or you might get a rerun. Um, catch you later. Bye. 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 
be 100% less rape. <laughs> there will be 100% less rape talk. <laughs>